Blog Talk Radio. Potentially, 
Um, until it's official, we don't know for a fact uh, what other else, you know, platform that, uh, you know, BBC fights go on, if, if that, in fact, is going to take place. That'll be part of the Horizon stuff. But, yeah, just a variety of uh, items that we'll get to. And, you know, for me, the fighter of the year can be, you know, there's a lot of, like, people tied for third, in my opinion. I think, you know, Bud, obviously Crawford, uh, Inoue, those are the top two for me. But you do have to – there is a lot of people tied up. And, you know, some of these – you know, some of those are just what you like. Um, sometimes it's recency bias. Sometimes you forget of a fight that happened in the first quarter. Um, so, yeah, and I always, I'll just say it now, my prospect of the year is not like the vast majority of prospects of the year. A lot of people love to give the prospect of the year, and it's cool, um, to, you know, a fighter under 10 fights who's just looked the best knocking out no hopers and I'm not ripping people that are very young and they're trying to get rounds in and they're working their way from four to six to eight and all that. I'm not, not ripping anything. I just personally, when I call it the prospect of the year, funny that I'm, I'm literally getting this out, out of the way. Um, Cause every freaking year I get a bunch of shit for it. But my prospect of the year is like real prospect. Like a prospect, a, a boxer that started at a, as a prospect, right? And then whether that prospect went and beat like a, a fighter that made him or her a, a contender, cool, you know, cool. Um, or they are a champion. You can start the year as a prospect, end up a champion. Um, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, that, that's the way I like to do it. Um, so it does exclude. I'll go over a bunch of the names. But for me, I always like to pick the prospect that actually graduated to the next level. Whether that It can be all the way to champ, but usually it's contender. But anyway, um, so, yeah, we're going to get into all that good stuff. Uh, we do have, you know, some folks calling. John should call in here in a short little bit. Hopefully some other folks calling in. I should probably contact them, too. I've kind of had a busy day, so I haven't been able to, um, you know, spread the word as much as I'd like to. But if this is your first time listening to the Rope and Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope and Dope and download the show directly there if you don't want to. You can find this year Rope Dope Radio platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts, PodBay, PodTail, PodBean. Just Google it. Oh, yeah, don't forget to download the podcast app. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com, Eastside Boxing, in Phil Boxing. One more thing, Direct TV stream, right? It is uh, got got a lot of going on. It, it constantly has deals going on, and um, right now, well, maybe you don't know, but college football championship is upon us. We had two great games yesterday, phenomenal games that came all the way down to the wire, 
Catch the college football national championship game and save up to $64.99 when you sign up for DirecTV Stream. College bowl season is here, but really gone. Uh, so, yeah, check it out, DirecTV Stream. You can get that six, still get that $69.98 a month for the first two months, save 50 bucks when you get the entertainment package and DirecTV Sports Package. That's DirecTV Stream. All right, so um, I'll tell you what. You know, um, fighter of the year, we might as well just start right there. Just start start right with the good stuff. No, actually, you know what? Before we get there, um, you know, it, it started out like it kind of does boxing as far as big fights. It started out a little light as far as like, okay, that's a big fight, which it generally does. I mean, how many, we have what, Fury Usyk, I would say is like a big, big fight, right? It's meaningful anyway. Um, That's in February, February 17th, right? Um, But generally speaking, the first couple months, we don't necessarily, they, they usually, you wait till football's over. And then it starts to heat up, right? So last year, um, some of the kind of the early stuff, Tank had a fight, Garcia, not that Garcia. Um, There was, uh, it was Via and Ellis, I think he had an upset on that. Uh, Jogbe Shaw, um, Nova Lopez. um, Liam Smith pulled an upset over Eubank Jr. early in the year. One of the best fights um, of that early part was uh, Navarrete and, and Wilson. That was, I mean, Wilson definitely, you could put the robbery thing for Wilson if you do remember the scale and the tweaking of the scale and all of a sudden I'm lighter and, and all that funky stuff. Um, you know, Oshaki Foster, who I think should be tied for a third, like I mentioned with about, you know, other, you know, Bam, Benavides, Foster, Haney, all that stuff. Um, he pulled an upset very early on over Vargas. Um, Wood versus Lara was one, you know, great, great fight. Uh, so, yeah, it kind of, uh, uh, what else we have kind of early? Let me look at my stuff before. We did have Plant Benavides. That, that was still kind of early uh, in the year that um, – the Neri Plata and Kim Clavel, that, I mean, that could have been the best woman fight of the year right there. Um, so, yeah, we started kind of uh, Serrano Cruz was really good. Um, Bertia, Bertibia, Bertia, did I say Bertibia? Berturbiev in Yard, that was a really, that was a pretty good fight, better than I thought. Uh, Matias Ponce. Uh, so, you know, we, we kind of got the ball rolled, and I think uh, Rodriguez and Adorno, that was on that card, if I remember correctly. Um, Harrow Faust was a really good fight early, you know. Uh, Neri Habanoshian, which, you know, that's obviously up for fight of the year. Uh, Mike Sayo Fig. Tim Zhu really put his staple on, you know, his name put the staple on his name, put the stamp on his name this year. A lot of people were kind of still, kind of still in between, 
don't really quite know um, what to think of the guy. You know, he comes to Minneapolis. They're chanting USA against him, gets knocked down early, then pretty much dominates the fight. There were still a lot of question marks, but that Tony Harrison fight really kind of opened people's eyes. I know, you know, after the fight or during the fight, you know, the Harrison stuff, sometimes some people were, you know, kind of, I thought they were kind of docking him a little bit um, too much, like Harrison's going to win this fight, and then he didn't look good, and it's like, oh, you know, he's horrible, you know, that type of thing. Um, So I thought that was a little funky, um, but that was a good win, and he had, you know, some other good wins. Obviously, the one he closed on, he just stayed active. That was a, a really big thing. You know, I, I thought that was a huge, huge thing to be able to stay active like that is it, really key. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's a variety of items that we're going to keep going through. Like I said, I kind of just the first quarter. Oh, we had Joyce and and, uh, and Zhang. That was another one that was fairly early in the year. Um, and, you know, you got the Bam Gonzalez. Then you start AJ uh, in Franklin, actually. And, man, you look at how AJ closed, you know, the year comparatively. He really, uh, you know, he really did a good job of uh, looking good in that last fight. I thought he was, like I said last week, um, you know, he, he really he looked pretty good. I, I understand that, you know, Walleen was a little flat-footed or whatever, but I know a lot of people were saying that, but I don't know, man. He looked good. I thought he looked really good. Um, So then we started to get into the, you know, the late first quarter, second quarter. I think I already said Plant Benavidez. Um, Dogbo or Dogbay and Ramirez, Robisi Ramirez, who obviously had a a rough one to to close, but still, you know, had had a good fight there, pretty good fight there anyway. Um, Steve, Stevenson fought, um, who else we got? Oh, Taylor Lopez. Well, that's actually more in the summer because you have, you can't obviously Kane Garcia, um, Hank, Haney Loma, which, you know, drew a lot of controversy. I, I, you know, I thought it was a very close fight. I did give it to Haney, um, seven to five, six, five, one or something like that. I would have been okay with the draw personally. I didn't find seven rounds to give the Loma. Um, if you had it six five one or something, okay. But uh, um, Crowley Ramos, that was another good fight. Um, I mean, you know, we we, we kind of started just getting to the hot part. But the Taylor Lopez, Tia Fimo, you know, that's definitely one of the better performances of, you know, when you say best performance of two thousand twenty three. I think you got to put that in there. I really do. Um, I think I already said the Ryo Colbert. Um, a Sims Akhmadov. That is a fight that I don't see too many people talking about. That was a great fight. Taylor Cameron, both of them, right? Do you give Taylor the fighter of the year for the women's side because, you know, she she made amends? Kind of an interesting one there. Um you know, the Ortiz Stanonius, we thought we had that a couple times over the last, 
Well, well over a year we thought we had that one. Wasn't it supposed to happen like in January or, or something like that? I do see a variety of folks on. Some people are um, pressing one. I'll get to you in just a second. Just kind of giving an overview to kind of start the show off. Um, and, and we thought we were going to get Charlo Tim Zoo as well. And that ended up being uh, Canelo Lopez Conlin. That was another really entertaining fight. Um, you know, Wood Lara too. If you look at Wood, man, <laughs> for him to come right back and, and, and do that, with, you know, fight Lara like that, that was that took some balls. That took some balls, man. I really appreciated that. You know, uh, Boots Ennis had a mediocre outing or whatever. You know, the guy wasn't really caring, wasn't really um, too active in the fight per se. I mean, he's kind of active, but he was moving a lot. Didn't look like he wanted to engage too much. Um, but, you know, that Via fight really put him, because Via pulled that upset over Rashidi. And that was what people were talking at the beginning of the year. Like, okay, let's see let's see the winner of that. You know, let's see in, in Via you know, organically won that fight. And so he got the fight and man, that was a, that was a hell of a performance by boots. And, you know, I actually hear that boots is uh, in talks, you know, with Barrios, Mario Barrios. So we'll see if, uh, you know, that, that can get made. Hopefully it can, uh, but we'll see. Um, The scrappy Ramirez and Diaz, I think it was Fernando Diaz. That was a really, really fun fight. Another fight uh, that isn't getting talked about. Oscar Colazzo in uh, Jerusalem or whatever. That fight, I haven't seen too many you know, people talking about that one, but I thought that was a good fight. I did, someone actually just messaged me saying Navarrete in, in Valdez. Yeah, I think that was a little too one-sided for me. It was a good fight, and it was a great matchup on paper, but it is one of those fights that um, I don't think Oscar had enough success in that fight all the way. Like, I, you know, maybe it's just because Wilson, you didn't expect a whole lot out of him, or at least that much. And obviously, you know, the way he closed the year can say so. I would pick those two fights over that one personally. Um Let's see, we had Ioka Franco 2, that was another one. Um, just kind of going over the events, and Usyk Dubois, that was another one that, you know, had some controversy in there, obviously. Um, and then, you know, you start to get to more recent fights. Um, like I mentioned, the, the, the Cameron Taylor Part 2, that was a big, big, big win for Taylor. She really made some adjustments. The one-sided easy win for Canelo over Charlo. I thought the Cambosis Hughes. I did think Hughes. Um, you know, I thought Hughes. I think you could put that on. You know, in the robbery department, I did think Hughes won that fight. As we know, it appears that Loma and Cambosis is. Um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna fight. Um, what else we got? Rock. Did I say Rock Madav Cordinia? That was a damn good fight. Um, let me start looking at my list even more now here. Rodriguez Adorno, I think I already said that. Someone mentioned that. Um, oh, Ramos Lubin was a better – that was a – a lot of people thought Lubin 
should have got that dub. Um, I thought Garcia, it didn't, you know, the, the Resendez-Garcia, that was a really good fight. Um, let's see here. Uh, well, I mean, Oshaki Foster and Hernandez in the last chunk of months, that was good. Tim Zhu getting rid of Mendoza, that was very impressive. Um, Firingano, that's another one where, you know, a lot of people thought that's, you know, Fury lost that fight. I personally didn't, but he kind of did anyway. Like, even if you, you scored the rounds for him or whatever, you know, you kind of lost that fight um, just because of how you performed. I mean, that was a, that was a stinker. Um, Pro Gray Haney just recently looked really good, obviously. Um, so there's a variety of, of fights that we had. Benavides Andre, uh, you know, Benavides, you know, solidified himself, not just waiting around, you know, for the big payday. And it'll be interesting to see if him and, you know, I, I assume Benavides and Canelo, as long as, you know, neither of them have lost, will fight in 2024. It's just a matter of, is it, is it March or March? Is it May or is it September? That's, that's kind of the thing. And, and like I said, overall, it was a great year. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep some of that momentum. Um, Showtime had the best year. I thought the zone in the last few months, really, really closed strongly. I'd say ESPN, because of that ESPN Plus, where they get a lot of the UK fights um, and NUA fights and all that, that was a con- that was more consistent, you know. Um, we also then zone, I would say, that was one of the most consistent, really. Um, and and then you know we had ProBox step into the arena which uh, they actually have some fights coming up here soon that I have interest in. That's kind of like, kind of in between like Showbox and the last chunk of years of Friday Night Fights, if that makes sense, um, on ESPN2, really. It wasn't on ESPN, but um, that, that's, that's, that, it's been really good. And obviously with Pro Box, I don't know if PBC is going to have a, a showbox vibe uh, type thing in the future. So if that's not the case, I mean, even if it is the case, you know, having pro box, that's been pretty good, man. And, and you really can't, you definitely can't complain about the, <laughs> about the freaking price. I mean, it's nothing basically. It really is nothing. Um, so yeah, you know, we, we had a great year. Like I said, It was kind of up and down. We have these times where we'll have a slow month and a half, and then it'll just pop off. And it kind of goes ebbs and flows. And it kind of – it's kind of what boxing's turned into. Um, For those who didn't start watching when Mayweather and Pacquiao started getting more popular and, and, you know, even right around that time before um, the PBC came out and before Top Rank – on ESPN and whatnot and network stuff, um, just with the schedule. And then DAZN came in. We wouldn't have these many fights that you could actually see. Um, and there is that ongoing debate or argument that 
it's to me it's really not a debate or argument. There is too much boxing on. I always get shit uh, when I say that, but it is true. It, it's a look. The product does get worn out sometimes, especially when you have three events in one day in the U.S. You know, you know. I remember not long ago when there'd be a UK event or Japan or whatever, and that'd be during the day. Cool. Obviously, Japan would be in the morning, but having a UK, you know, session, I guess you could say, for a couple hours, and then it would go into the night, and it's like, hey, a boxing day, that's pretty cool. But now it's like you're hoping that the main events, and, you know, I'll say this, this year they got a little bit better at that and the timing. Um, and, you know, for, for an outlet like The Zone, and I guess you could say now Amazon, Hopefully, you know, they can control a lot more than having slotted, you know, times and whatnot, but it's it's just a lot, and it, it is kind of funny that not all that long ago, if you go back, you know, eight to ten years ago, there would be long gaps before you would be treated to, like, a legit championship fight. Now, sometimes smaller championship fights not taking anything away from them but sometimes a smaller championship fight would come on ESPN every once in a while at certain divisions that uh, there's just not a lot of money in or not a lot of money in the fight you see that um, it's just Friday night fights and even when it was uh, in the spring and summer the Wednesday night fights it was just hit or miss you know it was kind of all over the place and it, it is tough if you don't have the heavy hitters consistently giving you product, you know what I mean? But there'd be times where you'd have to wait like four weeks for the next big, big fight or, you know, so I'm not saying I want to go back to like only two or three big fights in the summer besides like maybe a pay-per-view or whatever. Uh, I'm talking to HBO or Showtime, premium cable. But I think, you know, going somewhere in between that wouldn't kill us. Um, on the other side, sometimes some of these in no ripping to zone, I have to zone. Okay. But sometimes things happen on there and it just doesn't hit, you know, it doesn't hit much. So maybe a lot of people aren't seeing that. I mean, even like on ESPN plus, which has, you know, a lot more followers or whatever, especially in the U S obviously. I mean, a lot of people didn't know about that Saudi card. You know, they were like, oh, he's fighting her. Oh, I just, I saw the highlight. Oh, that Wilder lost. You know, there was a lot of confusion. I had multiple people saying, so he lost to, to AJ? Or, you know, even some person actually texted me, an old friend of mine, saw the commercial and they matched up. It was a tad misleading. They met. You could see the names if you were paying attention, of course. Um, but at the end, they had, like, Wilder and Joshua sitting by each other, like, in these, like, throne chairs, in a sense. And one of my buddies did think that that fight was happening. Like, he rented it and all that shit. And then he's like, wait, what? You know? Um, so sometimes those, you know, I'm up here complaining about it and saying, oh, you know, there's too much on. But if people, if it's not hitting, then maybe it's not hurting as much as I think, you know? But either way, when you have three cards in one night, it can't help. You know what I mean? 
it can't help. So if we can somehow do, you know, and some of that, that's actually, speaking of Pro Box, they have that Wednesday night. Now, they've done some Fridays too, but that Wednesday night right now on the hardcore scene is basically theirs. So that's pretty dope. You know, if we could, not too long ago, people always talk about, you know, um, Tuesday night fights, um, but there was also in recent years on, on FS1, toe-to-toe Tuesdays. I remember, um, didn't Top Rank have like a couple of, maybe five or six True TV Thursday nights? Or am I tripping? Was that Friday night? I think it was Thursday night. Um, Golden Boy, DAZN will sometimes do a Thursday night. Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, kind of mixing it up, especially once we get to the summer. You know, I feel like people just have more, I mean, they have, some people get more busy, you know, get busier in the summer, but it just feels like you have more energy to do stuff. When the sun stays up a lot longer, I don't really drink a whole lot, but in the summer, for whatever reason, if I do drink some night, it's like I have tolerance. I don't know, it's like, I just have this energy, no matter what I'm doing, not just drinking and partying, but... Uh, like, just in general, I don't know, there's something about the summer that you're more willing to, like, ah, screw it, I, I'll just get six hours of sleep and get through work on a Friday, it's no big deal type stuff. Um, so, especially here, because, you know, in the winters, it gets dark soon, you know, it's not Alaska or nothing like that, but it can get dark pretty early here, but in the summer, it'll stay, like, super long, so... Maybe that would really help if you could really staple that. And, 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 and who knows? You know, who knows exactly where sometimes you do see, you know, some outlets like zone, like I mentioned, trying to do a Thursday night and everything like that. And, and obviously when you do weeknight stuff, it is difficult to sell the tickets because it's just not as popular. I think you got a better shot doing it in the summer. That's kind of why I'm bringing up the summer. Um, but it is still, it's tough. I mean, people will go to NBA games and NHL games and, you know, games during the week, but that's just so much more popular. They know it. A lot of times boxing, actually, over the over the winter break here or the Christmas break, I was talking um, to somebody about they had just gone to the armory for the first time. I actually didn't even know they were there. And, and they're like, dude that was so fun, you know, yada, 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 saying all this stuff about it. And, like, I had no clue who, who was fighting, but I was pumped. And then all of a sudden I saw David Burrell. I do remember seeing an interview on a local news station. But, you know, either way, they loved it. It's an affordable night compared to, you know, the NBA or something or the NFL or hockey or whatever. And so – or baseball. And I don't know. It's just like it, – it, it's just like you got to have – people go out to the shows and, and that's why when you support locally if you go to some club shows that helps too but I don't know it's it, it just it, the popularity is so low at times that you know there's certain fighters that are very popular there's certain uh, you know I don't know they're, they're, it, it just is what it is obviously sometimes you know boxing will be held in these uh you know, smaller casinos where you look around the crowd and you're like, is that 200 people there? You know, and so it kind of looks dead. Um, and it just, 
I don't know, you know, we've talked about it over and over about the exposure, but it'll be really interesting to see um, if DeZone or somebody can do, get something going on Thursday nights more steadily. And, and who knows, like I said, there is that heavily strong rumor about PBC having, you know, another platform, whatever that is. Maybe there'd be a prospect show in there. I doubt they do a Amazon prospect, but I have no clue. You know, I just, just looking at the, the, the amount of dates they have, I doubt they do many shows just for prospects, building prospects, you know, maybe on the other card, of course, that could be, and, 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 you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, so, yeah, we'll get into some of these categories. I'm going to get to John in just a second. Uh, I noticed 909's been waiting for a little bit. I appreciate it. Let's go ahead and bring in 909. You're live on Ropa Radio. What's going on? Thanks for taking my call. Nine- yeah, yeah, no problem, man. How, how are you doing? Oh, doing pretty good, and I just enjoy listening to your show at the moment. And, uh, you know, I've been out of the boxing game myself. I've watched it quite a few years, and, and um, I don't know if it's the cage matches that seem to get everybody's interest in every, uh, you know, more people are watching those fights. I don't really care for them. I don't know about beating a guy down while he's still on the ground. It just does, it just kills it. Yeah, and, yeah that is um, true. Is there any fighters nowadays? I mean, do we even have matches like you would have Morales against Barrera? Is there anything like that nowadays? Yeah, I mean, we do, but we do, but you know, it usually isn't a a popular fighter featured in that fight, if that makes sense. But those guys had popularity. So yeah, we have them. Plenty of fight of the years, but they don't necessarily ring bells because they're not they don't have that that you know that popularity i see i guess i guess that's why why i don't really watch much of it anymore i don't know who's out there that's fighting i mean i hear about pacquiao and i've seen a couple of his fights and i mean he goes in there swinging the whole time and he just doesn't knock anybody out but you know he's a great fighter uh you know i just haven't seen anything that really enthuses um you know like a heavyweight we haven't had a heavyweight champion and in years. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, we did have a Rock'em Sock'em trilogy between Wilder and Fury. If you haven't seen that third fight, the first and third fights were the best, but the third fight, both guys hit the canvas. That was a hell of a fight. But yeah, the, the heavyweight made like a nice little run here recently. But um, overall, you know, it crossed over somewhat, that's for sure, if you look at uh, the pay-per-view numbers and the gate and stuff like that. But, um, you know, the heavyweight division now is overseas. Um, it's kind of gone back overseas. Uh, the Klitschko's kind of took it overseas. It came back for quite a while. And now it is actually just in a different – it's not in Germany anymore. It's actually in Saudi Arabia. Um, Saudi Arabia, you know how they, like, basically bought Gulf? I don't know if you know that, but – they uh, they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of sporting events there, and they have a lot of money, and it's more like uh, GDP in mind than it is making a bunch of profit off it. So, right now, the biggest fights of the heavyweight division are going to be in Saudi, and it'll probably be you know on pay per view here, but it, the uh, you know doesn't get the the, the advertising and whatnot um, this year. You did have Haney Lomachenko. That was a kind of a skill fest. 
in like a really good fight. Uh, Mungia okay. Derevanchenko, that's another one. Uh, Mungia is kind of an upcoming, uh, you know, Mexican fighter who's been, you know, chomping at the bit to actually get a big fight, but sometimes people have held him back. Uh, so there, there is, you know, like right now, if you look at the fighter of the year, it's this, it's this smaller guy, Bam Rodriguez, David Benavides, who's a super middleweight, um, Devin Haney, Inoue, who's a J- Japanese fighter who is all, not, not necessarily all action, right, but his fights, he's explosive, he's fast, he's knocking people out. And one of the best performances, if not the best, was Terrence Crawford and uh, Errol Spence. And uh, Crawford really disposed of him, considering they were both high up in the pound-for-pound pound list. Have you ever heard of Crawford or, or Spence? I, I just, in fact, I was just reading something on them, too, right now. Sure. And, uh, they, yeah, from toe-to-toe, I mean, they're they're pretty well, um, yeah, I can see what you're saying. They show a lot of promise, I see, I see that. I was just curious about this Cash of Shaney, if I said yeah, the, right. the, Well, the, the, the Devin Haney and Lomachenko, the silly Lomachenko, that fight was in May. And that was a very close fight. Like I said, it was kind of a skill fest, but they definitely landed good power shots on each other. So it was kind of a blend of these guys are really fighting, but also a lot of skill level in there too. Um, Gervonta Davis definitely knocks people out. I don't know if you've seen him fight. He's kind of a smaller guy. Um, But, yeah. So there's some promise there. Okay, great. I, I like you yeah. know. I've I've been out of the game for so long, and then I just I saw your show, and I'm like, wow, you know, it's been a while since I heard about boxing, and then I started looking things up. I'm like, oh my God, it's been a long time. I'm just kind of worried about too with these um, trans fighters starting to get in the yeah. game, and they may, they may start making some money there. Well, I mean, that, you know, if you look at because recently the U.S. boxing just came out with their. Uh, regulations and their standards for it, right? And if you look at it realistically, right, first of all, the amount of people in this country, right, we have, what, 350 million or something like that, somewhere in that. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a very, very, very small percentage of people transitioning, just in general, not boxers, just people. Right. Yeah. And when you look at the and when you look at the standards that they have to go through to even be considered to be in that category, you have to have surgery. You have to have four four uh, years of. Uh, I mean, there is a. It's a hell of a process. It's an expensive process too. So just go. Just the uh, the, the the very small percentage of people that are transitioning, then they're going to transition and then be boxers. It's very unlikely we're going to see anybody come out and make some kind of money because it's not like a lot of people just assume some quote-unquote guy is just going to lie about it, get in there and start knocking women out. That's not how it's going to go. That's not how it's (laughs) going to go at all. So you really – and honestly, like – and when it comes to, like, teenagers, you have to at least be over the age of 18, like, 
it, it, it's very, it's probably rare um, that boxing would be that sport. Um, now, you know, a lot of people talk about the Yale swimmer and all that, um, but boxing is a very physical sport. So I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be too worried about any trans uh, person taking over the sport of boxing or making big, big fights, to be honest with you. But I appreciate I you, you calling I, in, man. Well, thank you for taking my call, and have a happy new year. All right, you too. All right, I'm going to go ahead and bring in John into the fold here. What's going on, John? How you doing? Chris, uh, how's it going uh, tonight? Happy New Year. Thank you. Right back at you. Happy New Year. I never had that person on here before. As you can tell, he's not really even a boxing fan right now. Um, but I was wondering where he was going to go. <laughs> and well, I, well, I, I had my – go ahead. Yeah, he got, he got, he got the, well, we can't say he didn't get to something that was a current topic at the end, even though he went that far, but, you know, it's, it's funny though, I think maybe, maybe his call was appropriate uh, as I was listening to him talk with you, because, you know, I, I posted on X the last two weeks, you know, the New York Daily News, you know, once one of the biggest boxing papers in the country now no mainstream media is really covering boxing anymore. Uh, you know, Tony Page, who was head of the Boxing Writers Association uh, at one time, and he also had an overnight show on WFAN in New York. He was one of the last people on any kind of sports talk uh, I ever heard talk about boxing. You know, he was head of the Boxing Writers. He did the overnight when there weren't that many listeners, so he could get away with that. That was really going back to the late 90s, early 2000s when he was still doing that. But he guessed it on a two-part series, and a lot of the top – as you know, I've started to call it, Chris, the the toxic positivity boxing crowd says, you know, if if you criticize anything, you're out of touch or you're old, uh, not wanting to – to me, not wanting to face the reality of the problems of the sport. But why it all ties into the caller is because, you know, when he's mentioning that, that he hasn't really paid attention since Morales Barrera and uh, know who these guys are. And I, I totally believe him there. And I'm sure there's many like him. you know, it, it fits just what page is trying to talk about in the article and articles. It was two part series, second part, just, I think on new year's Eve. And like I said, on my ex, I put him out there and it was in the New York daily news let's talk about all the sports problems and a lot of people in the sport were quoted in, in the series like Al Bernstein and Lou DiBella and Larry Merchant and some others. But, you know, these problems are real. And one thing I like that Tony Page brought up, you know, you and I talk about it all the time and, you know, I talk about it every week and I will continue to do so. Uh, too many belts, too many weight classes and, and just ignoring that and sticking your head in the sand about that isn't uh, going to help. One thing I can say for the caller, if he's still on there too, I had the privilege and good fortune to be at Morales Barrera one. So I was at ground zero for the kind of boxing he's talking about there. And, you know, that was, I think, yeah, that was in the year February of 2000, I believe. So we're coming up on 24 years out from then. That is hard to believe though. So uh, think about it for a second. You know, Chris, you and I have been following the sport for so long. 
you know, for, for guys like us, it doesn't seem that long ago, but, but that's one year now. We're one year away from a generation since Morales Barrera won. So, in other yeah, that words, is wild. when he said I, that, and now hearing you say that, it's like, yeah, man, that is a long time ago. I can't believe that as I'm saying it out loud, but that is a fact. So, we're one year away this February from that being a generation ago, Morales Barrera won. So what you're saying is there, there's a whole generation even of boxing that's transpired since then. And for us that have been following a long time, you know, that was such a great trilogy and that first fight, you know, it was one of the best fights of all time. And I, I was fortunate to be there, arguably the best fight I've ever been there in person for. And I know that, you know, the Morales fans, I remember well in the stands in Mandalay Bay, they were tr- chanting Tijuana, you know, for where Morales is from and and other fans that were Barrera fans and the crowd was going back and forth. A great fight, great night, but lots transpired then. But I thought it was a good time to tie into that Tony Page series, which, you know, I, I did post those two articles over the last couple of weeks um, from the from the print. Uh, talking about all boxing's problems. And uh, I, I don't think, you know, for newer fans that, that want to keep positive, you can't stick your head in the sand about it. It's a good thing to wrap up with the year-end, too, as we talk about year-end stuff. Because, look, the, the really biggest story, you want to call it an out-of-the-ring story, but I think it's got to be the biggest kind of story of the year is ties into what you and I are talking about, Chris, with the year-end. We said before this year – we were kind of talking about, you know, the sports kind of in, in trouble in the sense of uh, even the biggest fights they could now make, it's deteriorated to a point where they're not really a crossover. And they made the two biggest fights they could make in 2023. Showtime did, PBC, Davis, Garcia first, and then you had Spence and Crawford. And I will agree with anybody. Of course, it's great for the sport that those two fights were made. That That's a positive. You know, you and I had said before those fights were even signed that, you know, if in theory you could make the biggest fights out there at this point to try to jumpstart things with the sport, get things going, get it going back a little more like it was in the past, those would be the two fights. And I would say, you know, to have those two fights made and have the TV network made the fight, leave the sport at the end of the year, when they also made in the same year Canelo and Jermel Charlo, Canelo the biggest name in boxing, and another uh, good fight we wanted to see for a while, uh, you know, Benavides and Andre, and then they're out of the sport before the end of 2023. Uh, so you had Davis Garcia, all reports were 1.2 million buys. That does it put it, that puts it in the mix with some of the better pay-per-views um, of all time, which is a good thing. Uh, and, you know, you have some new fan potential there, but we, we the jury's still out as to what it really led to or did overall. As Again, Showtime's out. And then Crawford Spence, you know, was really, to me, the best matchup that could be made in boxing. And it's not PBC or anybody's fault that Crawford blew him out. That was a shock. I mean, that was a shock the way that fight right. transpired. And for me, yeah. you know, I, 
I, I don't like when people kind of couch it like, oh, give Crawford performance of the year. Crawford's not only performance of the year, Crawford's fighter of the year to me, period. You know, welterweight's the historical division. It's one of the original eight. That was for all the marbles, the championship. It was the best fight that could have been made in boxing. And you're going to say that because Inouye fought Tapolis before the end of the year, that makes him fighter of the year. He was, he was a big favorite in both of, both of his fights. You know, Fulton a, a really good fighter, but he can't crack at all. Uh, and we knew that before the fight. So no, no way. I mean, Crawford, Crawford's fighter of the year. Don't give me the co-fighter of the year thing. Don't give me in a way. You know, I'll, I'll take the stand and take the debate on that. I'm not, there's no hedge with co-fighter of the year for me. There's no in a way fighter of the year. There's too many weight classes because in a way eats a couple of burgers and fights at 122 pounds. Yeah. So your argument is, well, he fought what was the best there, but what was that really? I mean, when there's too many weight divisions, because it's not just the belt, it's a division. So you, you got to look at both, and that is a big factor, and that's why, you know, Crawford. I don't care if it was one fight this year; that was a huge fight, everything on the line for both guys, and to come up with that kind of a performance, just a dominant performance over Errol Spence, a pound for pound undefeated guy. Um, that's that's fighter of the year. That's not just performance of the year for me, but you know that was as big as boxing can do, and I don't, you know, you, you're not. Not that Crawford won't have a big fight in the future, but you, you know you're, you're not you're not getting the feel like it was revolutionary for the sport. So now, as we're getting ready to go into 2024, and people are kicking around what big fights can be made, then you know the top of the list. One of them, Fury Usyk comes out, and all indications are at this point with the money the Saudis have proven they can come up with, and the fights have come off. That yeah, now I'm I'm with everybody else. You, you, you're they've made believers out of us that these fights can come off um and then you're talking about you know you got a decent fight with beater b evan smith coming up soon and then they're of course as usual when it's not those two fighting each other now they're saying oh it, it's just going to be bevol beater b Ev next well you know we'll, we'll we'll see the only thing that changes these equations is the saudis are putting the money out there um but, yeah, just in my 2024, I kind of figured I'd tie things together with the callers as we get to year end and, uh, you know, some, some, of, some of these uh, year-end thoughts. But uh, I thought, you know, if you want to look at the positive, I mean, the, the two biggest fights that could have been made, Davis Garcia and Spence Crawford, were made. And we know in boxing that doesn't happen every year by a long shot or a lot. But it's kind of, right. a, it's kind of a mixed bag as to what it's really meant. For the sport. Now, don't get me wrong. It's never bad that those fights were made for the sport. That that is only good. So, that was a good thing in 2023. But the network that made them's out of the sport. So, uh, you know, there, there's certainly some arguments can be made that there's a there's a lot of bad there. And you know, the year on the whole, except for those two fights being made, um, and this some of this is just coincidental. But you know, we can go over the different spots, but. Um, you know, to me, really looking at like like fight of the year, round of the year, I, I don't I don't feel like things really jumped out at you, and like like in some other years, and not that these weren't good fights, but or fight of the year to me when compared to to other years, um, not not quite 
it's it's a subjective thing, but not not quite up to standard to me. I think there was a lot of like like kind of there would be one on a co-feature. There would be you know I, not a lot of them. Well, some of them are made up at the course, but some of them were like even you know Neri Bobanesian uh, like that. That was a great fight, but it kind of just got. I mean, it was earlier in the year, kind of got lost in the sauce. Um, some of these fights, even like a Sims Akmadia, uh, Akmadov, that was a great fight. But it, you know, like they're they're. It's funny because some of the some of the biggest fights were ones that either snuck up on you, or they were undercard stuff. You know, it, it's kind of weird like that. Like the Foster Hernandez. Definitely had uh, some drama to it. Espinosa Ramirez, uh, upset of the year. One of the better fights of the year. Um, but you're right. There wasn't like just a there, – there's some can't misses in a sense, but it, it it is kind of a weird year where there was quality, lots of it, but didn't necessarily produce, uh, you know, a bunch of fights of the year where it just brawls or whatever. But just to kind of go off – just to add to it, two things I want to talk to you about. You're talking about, um, you know, those, those, the, a great year, big fights, blah, 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 right? And then the, that business goes out, or Showtime goes out. If you look at 2018, and even you could kind of combo it to 17-18 because it went, went down, but 2018, in September, Canelo and Golovkin had a rematch that did over a million I think it did 1.1. The first one did 1.3. Like, those are supposed to be produced, you know, big producing. Okay, we're in good shape. They went out of business. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. One. You know what I mean? It's kind of interesting how we get that million-dollar paper or million-dollar pay-per-view without Mayweather, without Pacquiao. Um, you know, obviously, Oscar's long gone. But, you know, without those big names, obviously, Canelo is, but... But then it, that one, you know, so it is kind of, uh, and a lot of it is they're just focusing on scripted stuff, and it's like the some of the cheapest stuff to, not cheapest, but inexpensive to produce, but the, the potential, like some of it's really expensive, kind of matters what platform it is, obviously, and what kind of show, like, you know, Game of Thrones or something that's going to cost more than a different show, but if you can script it, the the peak of those shows, and, and how much it can bring in subscribers and how much money you can make off of it. Obviously, some of that had to do with this writer's strike, right? Where it's like, well, hang on, I made the damn series. Why why am I not making money on this? And so there was a lot of debate back and forth with that. But both of those, you know, premium uh, cable now basically turning in, you know, to, pretty soon they'll be fully apps probably at some point. Um and there, you know, now we hear Paramount's going to blend in, and, and they're going to be all under one umbrella, like, you know, a bunch of different uh, platforms. But I did find that, that kind of interesting, that a huge fight, like, you know, because that was another one that people wanted to see. And then after the first fight, a lot of people were like, we got to see the rematch. And, and then, you know, kind of kind of telling that they went out of business at that same time, just to kind of exactly replicate what you're talking about. Real quick, though, since it came up, and this is what I mean by I didn't know what the guy actually wanted to talk about. And for to be honest, this is my opinion, but 
for him to just kind of come out of nowhere and talk about transboxing and worried about them taking over or making a bunch of money in sport, that's where I, I didn't know where he wanted to go or if he was being serious or not. Um, to bring that up, like if you haven't watched boxing much at all, you heard him talk about Pacquiao, and then all of a sudden you're going to bring up trans like they're going to come in and make a bunch of money. And that's where I didn't know really what he was thinking or what he was going to talk about. Um, and, and to me, that kind of uh, showed you what he probably actually wanted to talk about. Um, but what do you think about that? Because a lot of just the, you know, the, the new ruling of the USA boxing. And I think people are kind of, I'm not saying jumping. Well, I am saying they're kind of jumping the gun like it's going to get infiltrated. And I don't think people realize the process that these folks have to go through. And then, oh, by the way, you got a box. Um, it's not, it's a, it's an expensive process. It's, there's not that many percentage wise actually doing it, actually making, doing the surgery and everything uh, percentage wise I'm talking about. And then do they want to go fight like, where do you stand? I mean, you don't have to show me where you actually stand, stand if you don't want to, but just, just the thought process of that, because I do kind of see knee-jerk like they're going to take over the sport or it's going to be a bunch of – they're just going to say, a bunch of dudes beating up chicks. And it's like, well, it's not really exactly like that. Um, but I understand the worries, and I don't like – that's why I brought up that Yale swimmer who was ranked like 88 as a male – decided to, you know, do something with their life. And I respect everybody's decision. Whatever they want to do, I'm cool with. But when then you break records in the women's category, that's where you kind of lose me because you've already proven in the male category you're not – I mean, it's you're at Yale, you're top 80 or whatever. I'm not saying the person's about to be good at swimming. But then to turn right around and be like, hey, I just broke a record, that's where they kind of lose me. But what are your thoughts on that? And, and because I don't, I don't think people are thinking of the the the, the different stuff they're going to have to go through before that would even be uh, possible in amateur boxing. Yeah, the only thing, the only reason with the caller, you couldn't totally discount it was it, it's it's been in the news within the last week or so. Exactly, um, and that's what made me think, oh, boxing, a boxing show, I'm going to go ask. You know, That's kind of what I thought he actually yeah. was talking about, because he brought up Manny Pacquiao. You know what I mean? Yeah, otherwise I would totally disregard it, but it's like, you know, it's in the news last week. I mean, boxing's tricky. I mean, you know, the, the intent is dangerous. The, the intent, like it or not, is to inflict head injury as brutal as it is, you know, which there's real moral dilemmas with the sport. You can't can't argue that there are. You can come to your own conclusion. So, I think with boxing, I mean that's something that you it's 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 not swimming. I mean the the intent of the two people in the ring is to inflict head injury, um, which is dangerous as it is. So you got to be you got to be careful. But I I, I suppose I, I suppose you could. Ultimately, you know, at the pro level, I mean, leave it to you know, should, should the should the bout should the bout be sanctioned? You know, are are the abilities of the the opponents comparable where it should be sanctioned? 
Um, and of course, you know, you know that's something that you you you've heard me harp a lot about. Though it seems unrelated, but I suppose in one sense it is related. In that, I mean, in, in boxing, we get mismatches, ridiculous mismatches, sanctioned all the time, constantly. Horrendous, um, horrendous mismatches. That really shouldn't happen. And, and you know, I've been advocating for a long time. They they don't have any purpose. Um, which reminded me of somebody that I think is getting overlooked for prospect of the year. And this seems really going out of the way, but it actually does tie in in the sense that when we're talking about too many mismatches, you don't need these mismatches. For example, I think a guy that people should be mentioning more for the prospect of the year is Yoannis Telez, who's, you know, stepped in against Sergio Garcia, a guy with 36 fights, was he 34 and two, and he had five fights. And he, he brutalized him and stopped him um, because yeah. he's just a 23-year-old guy that knows he's good. He knows he doesn't have to sit there and, and keep fighting guys. I saw his fight, a couple of fights. I mean, Chris, this is actually a perfect example because before we went on, I looked at his record. His fight, two fights before that, he beat a guy that was 1-21. in 21. Now, did Telez need, quote-unquote, learning staying busy against a guy that was one in 21. I mean, if you're going to argue to me, that's why he beat Sergio Garcia. You know, I, I'm going to tell you, you're freaking crazy. In other words, right. if, he didn't have opposite. That, if he didn't have that fight, he wouldn't have beat him, John. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's the exact <laughs> opposite point. The guy is, is so good. He doesn't need to be fighting guys that are one in 21. It's complete mismatches. They don't belong in a boxing ring together. That's why he's knocking out Sergio Garcia a couple fights later. So why it ties into what, what we, you were initially getting at is, you know, may, maybe, maybe, maybe your answer is uh, you, you, don't, you don't blanket it so much. You know, maybe you're looking at the individual fighters and saying, you know, is, is, this, a, is this a mismatch or is this a, is this a competitive, you know, fight if, if you're talking about a woman fighting a, you know, a, a transgender person, um, you know, we, but, you know, in boxing, you've got to err on the side of being cautious. This is cautious. This isn't yes. like other sports with the intent to inflict head injury as part of the pro it's part of the pro game. There's no doubt about it. So I think there they have to look at it, look at it differently. But, you know, I always say you go with the data, you go with the science. Um, I think it's what you said, you know, you look at this and, even when they talk about it in high school sports and things, it, it's it's not prevalent like like people want to, you know, make it out when discussing the issue. It, it it's not really something that is frequent, but still, you know, when it comes up, you, you got to have a ruling on it. And uh, I, I do think right. there are debates to the, these issues. I don't think that, you know, I'm going to say too. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm generally a progressive person, but. You know, I, I think with these things with sports, there are real debates. You you got to go with, you got to go with data and science. You know, uh, I I think that's yeah. what you, I think that's what you what you go with. So, uh, what I think with something as dangerous as boxing, you know, that that's ultimately how I would I would hope you would decide it. Um, so I, I do think with boxing they've 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 got to they've got to watch that. But I mean, you're getting at the main point. I think is this is not something that's going to be frequent enough to be a really, a really yeah, big issue. Yeah, let's just calm down and let's deal with it rather than use it as a, 
a thing to spring and talk about, well, I, I'm against this and that. Well, okay, cool. Most people are, you know. Most people yeah. are against that. But, but you know, let's boxing, not act like the floodgates are coming open now based off of this rule, you know. Right, and, and and let's also you know, and let's also keep in mind, again, I, I'm going to keep calling it that because I think it is appropriate, despite what the toxic positivity boxing fan and media crowd might want to say. The sport's becoming more and more, you know, niche all the time. It's it's disintegrating in terms of mainstream popularity and exposure. So, it, it's not like the sport of boxing is, you know, generally booming. With uh, with participation and gyms opening up all over the place and and things of that nature, so we're we're not talking about a sport that is uh, potential or anything like that either. So, uh, you know, out of out of all sports you're talking about now, of course it's the one where it could be the most dangerous potentially, where you got to make the right call. Right. But the, the but the sport itself is 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 shrinking in terms of mainstream acceptance and popularity by the day so um you know it's it's not like if you're going to pick all the sports where it would be a problem in that sense uh boxing is going to come to the forefront like you said it's it tends to be a, a you know not as frequent issue as in terms of you would think it is when it gets discussed in the media and it certainly became part right. of the culture war and politics uh, and then so so with boxing right. even less so because you've got a you've got a generally speaking shrinking sport in terms of popularity and mainstream acceptance as it is. Right. I mean, there's literally just a few thousand. I think it's three or four thousand uh, people under 18 that are actually technically transitioning in the country. You know. So I mean, now. Right. Do, like everyone can have their own opinion on it and what's right and wrong to them or whatever. And that's fine. That's not even what I'm getting at. It is the fact that it's like, we do have to calm down. Don't need your, don't turn this into something that it's not either. Um, because, you know, but you know, nowadays you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, have facts. You can't have, you know, you can't say stuff. That's like, that doesn't mean I agree. I'm just being honest here. I don't think this is going to be a big problem. You know, I mean, Clarissa would probably be like, I'm good. Bring him in the ring. But because, you know, she wants to fight, uh, she wants to fight in the men's division sometimes anyway. But, um, and, and, you know, so I, that's kind of just, just him bringing that up. I just wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. I was going to talk about it at some point anyway, but no, I mean, I think that, the Yale athlete really stands as an exact, that's not right. You know, the person already proved that they're not number one in the men's division, and then they're going to go and break records. Well, that's bullshit, you know, because that's not right. These women have worked. They're, they're in college. The, the number two person should be number one in that category. It's, that's, just, that's just my thoughts. But And most people would agree with that, but we don't have to go – way over the top and all of a sudden bring the Bible up and, you know, and just go crazy with it. Cause it's like, well, it doesn't mean anyway. Anyway. Um, so, so fighter of the year for you is, uh, Bud Crawford. I think, uh, yes. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that 
Um, whenever you have two top five pound for pound fighters, and the result is that, um, I think it's it's undeniable. Um, when you look at, and I know it's easy to say. Well, Spence wasn't this, he wasn't that. But going into the fight, we knew he had a major car wreck. We knew he had a minor one. We knew he had eye surgery. We knew all that. We also knew, besides that moment with the mouth guard, he handled Ugas a lot better than a lot of us thought he would. So there's a combo. That. Now, for him, he probably he probably should have just said, screw uh, Crawford for a little bit. Let me get a fight against Thurman fight and then go look to make that fight again. He did probably make that mistake of either staying at 47 and or, um, you know, uh, waiting another over a year to fight again. Um, Now, that doesn't mean that's the reason why he lost or if they do it at 54, he's going to win now. You know, I'm not saying that at all. Uh, But we knew certain things that were working against him going into the fight. So you can't discount it now. I think people are doing that too much, uh, discounting the, the win, um, because it's like, well, no, dude, we knew that, you know, and, and, and hey, considering he was out for so long, he looked good against Danny Garcia in many ways, and like I said, Ugas. I mean, considering the time out of the ring. So, we already knew all that stuff, but I'm with you. Inouye had a hell of a year. Fulton, I think, is was on the bottom half of some people's pound for pound, um, you know, versatile fighter, fighter, tried a couple different game plans. None of them worked in your way. Uh, I think is the second guy, no doubt. I don't think it's a split though. Uh, but then, you know, the Haney, the Bam, the Benavides, the Oshaki Foster pulling that upset earlier and then doing what he did in his last fight. I think he has to be mentioned, maybe some other, uh, mentions there women's fighter you know taylor you know getting beat and then coming back and, and making the adjustments it's hard not to to give that to her serrano wasn't a damn good fight uh this year as well um but as far as like fighter of the year just mungia darabinchenko haney loma Navarrete, I'd say two out of his three fights were pretty damn good. That Wilson fight was better than we thought, actually. Foster Hernandez had moments. I mentioned Sims, Akhmadov, um, Rakimov against Cordinia, Neri, I think that Neri and uh, Hovishian or whatever. That To me, that's probably the fight of the year. But you're right, There's besides Haney Loma, there's not that – big fight that that you know that people really were pumped about and it was the fight of the year i'd say maybe the importance level that's kind of what we're getting at the importance level in these fights sometimes it's there sometimes it wasn't but what what, just out of those or a couple other ones you could name or one other name what what would you say would be the fight of the year out of that that you got the kind of the most out of I'm probably going to give a slight – I mean, these were good fights. Like, let's, I'm going to, you know, concur with you in terms of a good mention that I hadn't been thinking about earlier tonight, but, but I did at the time, and it kind of slipped my mind. That, that Cordina-Rakimov was a really good fight. Um, you know, the um, – the, you know, 
the Ramirez Espinosa fight was good. The Nary Ovenetian what was also a uh, a good fight. And you know, you mentioned that Sims Aswindal that that was a good underrated radar fight. One that stacks up to those really jumped to mind that the Haney Lomachenko had the significance and was a good fight, but it didn't have the, and it was a close fight, but it didn't have the, the kind of action drama of the other ones. I think probably for me that, that Lungia Derevyanchenko is a good call is maybe just a hair, just a hair better than, than the other ones. I mean, that was a, that was a good back and forth action fight with Munguia just able to pull, seemingly able to just pull it out at the end, you know, when you're watching the fight the way uh, it, it was playing out. Uh, Derevyanchenko, you know, you're figuring past his best, but the guy was able to crank it up for, for one more brawl. Um, that was a good one. And, you know, one thing I want to just add, too, about the Crawford Spence in closing, too, is that when people are losing sight of, like you were mentioning, Chris, about, you know, the way they're looking at it now, remember – even even with maybe some reservations about Spence, you know, Crawford, I believe, was a slight favor going, but very slight. Though, that fight was much closer. You know, the bookmakers have to get fight. it right. They have to get it right, and that was much closer than any of those in-a-way fights. So, yeah, one fight instead of two, but Spence a pound-for-pound guy, the odds being close, the historical welterweight title on the line. To me – that's got to be Crawford. And, but the fight of the year, you know, there were some good ones. Like you said, maybe it's part of the significance level. And then to me also, even though these were some good ones we're mentioning, usually you have the one or two just really brutal. I mean, not that these weren't brutal, but the, just the back and forth brawls that really stick in your mind. Like we were mentioning, you know, you were mentioning earlier with that caller, the Wilder Fury 3. Um, None of these I felt and, – and, look, to take nothing away from the fighters who gave it their all, and these were some brutal fights, but the, these fights this year to me just seemed a little below that level. But I'd probably give a slight lean to the Munguia, Derevinchenko. But on, on the fight of the year, these ones we mentioned, if somebody wanted to fill in with these other ones, I wouldn't have a strong – I wouldn't have a strong argument with you on that. Um, the trainer, I saw a lot of people mention it. I'm concurring. I think it's got to be McIntyre this year with the Crawford win. And he, he put the cherry on top with the helping Eubank out junior out again in the Smith rematch where it completely reversed. I mean, just a complete dominant massacre reversal. Uh, I think that kind of iced it. So I think it's Bo Mack uh, does draw the trainer of the year for me this year. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree. I, I think it's. Uh, I think it has to be. Um, and then knockout of the year is another one. Nakatani. That was a nasty one. Uh, Zhang in the rematch of Joyce Mendoza Fundora, Foster Hernandez, Ryo Colbert. There's there's several of them. Um, but what what were some of the. Uh, you know, maybe the the one or two or one that really stands out as far as uh, knockout of the year. For me, it's Nakatani. Um, for me, that was just uh, – that one really just ended things. Uh, and that dude is on the up and up, that's for sure, as far as a rising uh, boxer, you know, in the future. For, yeah, for that one, I agree. I, I kind of ended up – those ones you mentioned were all good, but – 
and I, and I kind of ended up copping out a little bit on this one because I agree that that Nakatani Maloney KO was just so brutal, and I agree that Nakatani has proven to be a guy to watch out for. Uh, but also, I just thought Valenzuela having that controversial decision with Colbert in the first right. one, and then just just to decisively end it with 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 the bomb like that. I, I think I'm, I'm going to mention it again too. Of course, you know because I've mentioned it before. I think people are kind of sleeping on Valenzuela now. How good he is because the losses I think can be explained. I mean. He had Colbert in bad trouble in the first fight. Colbert showed a lot of heart, survived, but I thought he clearly deserved the decision. And his other loss was to De Los Santos, where he had him about out, and he got caught, and he got stopped. But, you know, like the great Emmanuel Stewart says, sometimes you got to make that distinction where a guy just gets caught. You know, he, 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 wasn't, he didn't lose a fight because he, he got dominated or anything like that. Uh, and it, and it ended that way. It, it, it's just that he just got caught, and it, it's really not reflective of of the two fighters' standings and the the you know future of the other fighter. And I think that's one of those fights. So I, I'm going to give a little bit of a qualifier on both of those Valenzuela losses. Now, did he lose to De Los Santos? Yes, but that's why then when he knocked Colbert like that out, that decisively in a highlight reel in that rematch. Uh, that really sticks to me as a KO of the year candidate, but I I can't discount that Nakatani KO. I mean, that was just such a bomb, and, and at the lower weights, you don't see it all the time, and, and he's proved to be a guy to look out for. So the Zhang one was good with Joyce, too, but, uh, you know, that just those two are kind of both sticking out with me. That's a little bit of a co for me, the Valenzuela Colbert, too, and the Nakatani Maloney on on the KOs this year. Yeah, yeah, that um, that definitely. And then you know some and of Mendoza, the best performers. Mendora too. Mendoza Pandora was a yeah. brutal one too. That combo. Yeah, I mean he, he. It's one of those things where, you know, he got to a knee, but he was just like, I'm good. You know, like I'm out of it. I'm this is not. I'm done. You know, and and how like yeah. You know that has to play into the the upset one. Um, you know, just because obviously, you know, that he was pretty cleanly and then all of a sudden, you know, that, 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 that one was crazy. Um, I can't remember how big of a underdog Mendoza was. Was that more like a plus three in the three hundreds or was it, you know, no, it was closer than that. Um, he was a big on he he was a big underdog on that one. It, it, it sounds like uh, it, it, it might've been something like that, but. You know, I can't discount the Espinosa Ramirez. I mean, Espinosa was a massive underdog. Um, those yeah. two fights were the big upsets of the year that jump out at me, the Mendoza Fedora and the Espinosa Ramirez. The decisive ending of the Mendoza Fedora when, you know, Mendoza was behind the whole time too, kind of sticks out at me a little more, but Espinosa was such a huge underdog against Ramirez that 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 really is an upset that, Really is yeah, he worthy was a of plus eight hundred. I'm looking at it right now, plus eight hundred. Yeah, that's a, that's and a he hadn't that's... really fought anybody, John. You know, hadn't at least we anybody. had seen Mendoza in there with some people. You know what I mean? Right, right. I mean, yeah. I, I saw what I saw on tape. I thought he could make it interesting. Obviously, the height. It looked like he could, uh, 
he had pretty fluid punching ability. And, you know, I thought it'd be interesting for a while, and he'd figure him out. And, you know, as the fight went on, he did figure his ass out for a second there, right? He knocked him down, looked like he was about to stop him. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm looking at that, uh, that I think it's Ghost something who does the, the long list of all the, the biggest upsets, and that is plus 800. Yeah, and, that, and that's just as far as we get, that's as much of the facts as we can get because uh, – yeah, you reminded me of his list, which is good. And, I mean, that's what the odds makers thought going in. So that's that's as, as close as we get to an independent opinion because it's their job to get it more yeah. right than everybody else. That's what they thought going in. So that's no biases or anything like that. They got to remove their biases. That's their job or they don't have a job. So, uh, yeah, you got to look at that list. And that, that always kind of speaks for itself as to, you know, what, what really was the upset of the – the year that was it fight ghost or whatever. Yeah. You can look at that kind of upset, upset list based on the odds. And, and that, that can be your conclusive argument. Yeah. And beyond, uh, you know, when we say best performance, obviously I know you said Crawford as far as like a, a, a second, you know, you had Inouye who really handled Bolton. Gervonta was a great performance. Uh, Pio Fimo did his thing. Um, Bam did his thing against Sonny. Uh, you know, Sonny had some success, then he didn't. Um, the the Cameron, the rematch, you know, I think Cameron in the first fight, Taylor in the second fight, the, the, both, both of those really, both of those women really fought well in both, you know, like at separate fights where you're like, okay, the adjustment was made at Taylor. Out of Inouye or Gervonta or Bam or Teofimo or, um, maybe Foster against Vargas, or like I said, the combo of Taylor Cameron. What, which would behind Bud? What would you say as far as just best performance? Yeah, for just best performance, then I'm glad you reminded me of it because it got a good rating too. I mean, I think you know Tiafimo just coming back from being discounted and just dominating right. uh, Taylor. You know, I never thought the Lomachenko win was a fluke or anything. I that was one of my better picks of recent years. I picked Lopez before the fight because I believed in his talent that much. I, I had nothing, wasn't down on Lomachenko at all. But uh, he, he showed that talent again. And, and, you know, I thought he even dominated Taylor more than people thought. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't think that fight was close at all. I, I thought he was just beating him up. Taylor was just really fortunate to go the distance. I mean, for me, that was even more of a dominant performance than people gave it credit for. So, Boy, that, that one really sticks out. But I want to be fair to Haney, too. That's a two-performance thing. But, see, in a way, I like the way he gets people out of there, takes care of business. But, you know, that that's where also, to me, it was just like it's clear to me Crawford was fighter of the year because, to me, if you wanted to get into the two-performance thing, you know, Chris, then I get into something you are talking a, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you know, maybe Haney didn't stop him, but this is the problem with the people advocating for in a way is like, if I'm going to go on the two performance standard, like Crawford only fought once, I don't think that decides it, but that's the argument that it seems like most in a way people are making. Well, then I'm saying, well, Haney beat Lomachenko and Progre. Like I think right. Lomachenko Progre trumps Fulton happily. So, you know, to me, if you want to go to that two fight argument, then I think those in a way people, Hey, what, what about Devin Haney? Because, 
even then, if you want to talk about history, Devin Haney's lightweight, you know, he's light, the lightweight champion of the world. He defends against Lomachenko, you know, you know, a top skilled fighter and, and gets that win. You know, so, you know, just because, you know, in a, in a way is, you know, that's what I mean. He, he's, he's, you know, becoming the champion in, in an alphabet created 122. I mean, the ring, they went back and forth on it over the over the decades. You know, they're recognizing a 122 as now transnational does. You know, that may be going back into the 1970s when the alphabets did it. But if you're to me, when you're a historian of the sport, I mean, 122 to me is not any different than Bridger weight. And I mean that in all seriousness. Right. So. You know, like I, I want people to understand that that if you're a young fan, like when when you get offended by Bridger weight now, I mean when you've been around long enough, and you don't even have to, even if you just become a boxing historian, you know you can read history from before you were born. I mean we all do it if we become a history of boxing or just a historian, you know, world events, things like that. So you you can learn it, and I'm saying like you know, Bridger weight 122 is just a Bridger weight. I mean, just because it's it, the alphabets have had it around for a while, and, and and people like the ring and transnational threw in the towel on it. I mean, that still. I mean, you don't you don't need you don't need it. It was just an alphabet thing, just like Bridgeway. So, you know, if, if in ten years, you know, people are talking about uh, well, well, Jai Opataya, he cruiserweight and Bridgeway champion, you know, and then he picked up super Bridgeway. I mean, that that that's that's how the sports that's how the sports got into. You're part part. There's many reasons, but that's part of how the sports got into the problems it's it's at, and as 2023 ends and we get into 2024. So, where I'm just diverging is that, you know, I, I think there's I think there's you know in a ways proving to be a great fighter. I like the way he takes care of business, but I think there's some some clear arguments. It's Crawford, and if you want to get into the two fight thing, I think then you, you can make a darn good argument that. Devin Haney's opponents are, are better than Inouye's two opponents, and you know, forget all about this four belt era insanity and 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 stuff. The first to unify one twenty two and all this kind of crazy craziness. This this is this is the kind of garbage that just just wrecks the history of the sport. Um. So let's see here, um, Adrian Carell. That was a big, big upset, too. I did get a, a message on that one. I think that was actually one of the highest out of all of them. Um, you know, robbery, that was another one. We we didn't have just completely just a ton of robberies. We had some really – it seems like we had more bad scorecards. Um, we're like, yeah. well, the right guy won, but what the hell was that? Um Sandy Ryan probably lost to Catskill, I thought. A lot of people go with the Roly Barossa. I did think Hughes beat Cambosas. Um, Rivas, Erica Cruz was another one. I think Soro, a Kurbanov and Soro, I thought that was one of the robberies of the year. Um, you know, that's something that uh, is kind of, you know, I, I, obviously the Roly one stands out because of, you know, how much criticism that got, that fight got, even for taking place. Um, and then, you know, the ref stopping it when they chose to stop it. Um, you know, the fight itself wasn't a whole lot. 
Um, I think it should be criticized. I think Roley should get a lot of shit, whatever. Um, but we also mentioned how, you know, we could feel bad for Barossa. No way in hell him or the guy they were trying to make him fight uh, from the U.K. I just lost him for some reason. Uh, neither of those guys should be one and two in a division in a ranking section held either. So, I mean, he got screwed. Well, he actually got lucky as hell even to fight for what right. what either is or not a title, if we're being honest. You know what I mean? So, exactly. Um, exactly. The one and two had no business fighting, too. You could say Roley had no business there. He shouldn't have it. Cool. No problem. But let's not lose sight of the other two because um, – why can't I think of his damn name? The UK fighter, it got canceled or it got postponed. Barroso and what the hell is his name, John? He got beat early in his career. Oh, man, I can't remember his name. But anyway, either way, I mean, it goes to show you right there um, that there's just he shouldn't even be in the rankings. And, I, and that's why it does get sickening when we hear um, – well, first of all, you you could say, oh, well, this was that, this is a good mandatory when it happens, or these are good rankings. That's cool, but let's not, you know, bend over backwards to to give to like when people do the polls, which sanctioning belt do you like more? How about right. none? You know what I mean? Like let's let's not right. let's not do that because it, it's it's all exactly. ridiculous for the most part. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm right. Uh, that's what I'm saying, and your point's well taken. Right. You, you, you got people totally warped. Barroso doesn't belong anywhere near any kind of belt, even if it's an alphabet belt. Totally undeserving. Speaking of an unsafe and, guy that shouldn't be boxing probably on a higher level, right? Right, 41 years old. And then you've got people saying, this is what I hate about boxing politics, when a hardworking guy like Barroso gets screwed. If it weren't for the WBA – Barroso wouldn't have gotten all these undeserved shots over the years in the first place. You know, so he, he's a guy that just benefited from the alphabets. Uh, you know, he wasn't screwed by the alphabets. So, yeah, right. They, people miss the point. It's not what sanctioning body you like the best and, and that this guy is going to become number one in this alphabet organization. I mean, they, 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 reward undeserving fighters many more times than they reward deserving ones. So they don't rank the other organizations champions. You know, it, it's just, it's just a farce. There's, you know, the, the, the alphabets are, you know, what, what's anything to do with its future or you, you got to pay attention to their insanity. You should just be knocking and criticizing it. Any credible media mem- members should, should be doing that as, as part of, you know, your 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 journalistic uh, integrity. So, um, yeah, that's O'Hara that's, Davies. We, O'Hara Davies was the guy's name, and he's still ranked number one there uh, in the WBA. Um, and like I said, if you look at the IBF, Matias below him is not rated. Not rated number three, Richardson Hitchens. Number four, Catterall. I know they're they're uh, in negotiations or whatever, but. Um, you know, there's this category, snooze, you lose, right, that I, I wanted to come up with for 2023. Um, I think uh, Fury, 
can, can go under there. You, you snoozed, you know, in that fight, and you didn't lose, but you did. Um, Stevenson, De Los Santos, both of them, they snoozed and they lost. They, hey, they, you know, Stevenson won, but did he really? And then the, the Twitter rants after that just just digging a hole. Um, Wilder, snoo- he snoozed in that fight. He lost. Um, Bivol, this year, snooze, you lose. Uh, you're going to lose ground in the sport of boxing. That would uh, that would be Bivol. Um, another one, Eddie Hearn got sunned by Frank Warren. Uh, he snoozed and he lost. He was telling, telling the world that uh, Frank and Tyson don't have any kind of connection to the Saudi. And, and lo and behold, old Frank uh, gave him the old two-step. He, he, Eddie fell for the old okey-doke, so he, he kind of snoozed and lost there. Um, but, yeah, I think Wilder, Stevenson, Fury, and Bivol kind of stand out for snooze-you-lose category, John. Yeah, Bivol's getting a, got, got, getting a free pass from too many people, and that's and, and some people are getting it. That, that's what's good to see. Now, there is a – I wouldn't say it's the majority yet, but I do see some people getting it. Uh, not Definitely not all, not the majority, but – Look, this guy, he wasn't in exciting fights in 22, but with Canelo and Ramirez, that was enough. I concurred even. I said, okay, give the guy the fighter of the year. And how, how, many, how many more poor follow-ups to fighter of the year have there been than this? The guy, on December 23rd, he fights Lyndon Arthur, and he stinks it out again. I mean – right. He, everybody else snoozed and lose watching him. I mean, uh, you know, he, he, he stuck out, out like, uh, you know, a fly and soup, fly floating around in your soup <laughs> on that card. Right. Just had a lot of action and just brutal, exciting KOs. And, you know, that Jai Elpatia, mentioned him before at Cruiserweight. That was, yeah. that was a, a brutal highlight. That was another that was KO of the year candidate. Um, the opponent wasn't good, but the knockout was. So everybody was doing their part. Frank Sanchez, he, you know, he, he got a KO. He didn't think it out. Um, you know, KO's all over the place. Cabiel with a huge upset KO. And, and you got B-Ball stinking it out, coming off a of fighter of the year performance. And, you know, I just saw something right before we went on. And I'm not saying it had to be this fight, but I did allude to this type of thing next week. I mean, last week, you know, somebody threw out there today, well, well, how about, you know, maybe he, he fights Opatia, Opatia, you know, while he says he's waiting around for a fight, and Bivol says, no, no, that's that's not part of my goals, and I've just got to get, you know, the 175 undisputed fight. Well, we've been waiting for you to get the 175 undisputed fight for years, and you haven't had it, so how about fighting, you know, somebody other than Lyndon Arthur in the meantime? You know, that, that, that's what I that's why I mentioned last week about this guy's not exactly James Tony. You know, you, you got James Tony fighting Holyfield, Rockman, Sam Peter, and, and you know th- this this guy is fighting Lyndon Arthur, um, saying you can't even take a risk and have a higher weight fight and come back down. We know sometimes the history's not great, but it can be done. I, I mean, you know, there's just there's just no excuse for for this this kind of garbage thinking it out from this guy when people want to say he's this great pound-for-pound fighter and he might have some skills. But, hey, look, part of skills is getting rid of your opponent, knocking people out. This guy hasn't literally had hasn't had a KO for years. You know, when you think – and look, 
it was rightfully so in terms of the fight being bad, but it goes right to what you said, Chris. When you think of the crap that an American fighter takes, Shakur Stevenson, you know, who, who was a U, U.S. silver medalist, uh, and he's fighting at least on free TV, so to speak, you know, ESPN, and, and, and Bivol stinking up a pay-per-view card. Uh and and he's and we've got people saying, look look at the beautiful boxing. No, the guy's thinking it out against an overmatched opponent. There's nothing beautiful about it. Um, yeah, he he definitely lost. And Fury, you know, you, you hit that right. That was weird event of the year. But damage another thing that damaged boxing. I mean, for him to for whatever reason that it happened. Uh, for for him to blow an event like that, even though he got the official win, and like you said, Chris, he, he did edge it out. I, I don't I don't think that the decision was wrong, but hey, you played right into the MMA guy's hands. Uh, no matter what people say, I I, th- I think you can't discount that uh, as a boxing fan. And you know, he, he gave them an argument that look, our heavyweight guy can, can go right into a boxing ring and be competitive against your lineal heavyweight champion. Well, that, that is a disaster. I mean, Fury Fury really, he, he did blow that one. And now can he crank it back up for Usyk? That's a fight that I would have always favored him in, and now it's getting closer, and I, I've even got my doubts uh, if it is going to come off on February 17th. I'm not making my pick yet. But for me, that was a, a certainty for a Fury, and now I, I don't I don't really – like other people, I, I don't know exactly what to make of where Fury's at right now. So he, he definitely snoozed and lost this year as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, he talked about it a little bit earlier on the horizon, 2024. Obviously, like you mentioned, Fury Usyk, that one's already set. Let's hope we get across the line. I did see Fury getting there nice and early. Uh, so that's at least that really tells me something. Um, if we can get that, you know, what you just mentioned about Bibble, if we can get that, you know, 175 pound, you know, pound fight. It is funny how, um, you know, people have wanted to see that fight, but they sure don't express it like they do with some other fights. That thing, if you if you chart how long they've both been at the weight class of champions. There's just no fucking excuse whatsoever. There's but yet, they get us. They get. They get the kids' hand. They get kid gloves. I mean, softball. They don't really get stressed. Now these aren't popular fighters, so that plays into it. Um, but if you look at some of the other fights, like a Tank uh, uh, Garcia, like a Spence Crawford, like a variety of other fights that people wanted to see, Maturbia um, Bibble, they just get a pass, man. It's like. And obviously, if you see who they're both with and who they've done business with lately, a lot of the media, that's the reason why they haven't been too strong. They'll go recently after maybe the WBC because of what they said about the fight, which was completely ridiculous. But even before any of that happened, war and and all that, they could have already made the fight. You know what I mean? I guess you could say COVID year is the only way. You know, 2020 is the only year. That you could say that the fight wasn't possible, but it should have already been. Um, Haiti, Ryan Garcia. Go ahead. And why aren't those? And why aren't those same people making the arguments they always made against Canelo? Bevo is just trying to age him out. He could have right. You know, exactly. Fighting Lyndon. Did you picture Canelo fighting Lyndon Arthur? 
you know, while, while Golovkin's getting older and he's not fighting him, you, you know, that, I mean, they, oh, Canelo's just aging him out. I'm sick of this. You know, I'm sick of him waiting around with these opponents, but, but B-Ball is going to fight Lyndon Arthur while, while Beter Biev gets closer and closer to 40 and people are going to be talking about it. It's beautiful. I just, I just love watching him box. You love watching that? I'll, I'll tell you that the sport's going nowhere with that. I, I got no problem saying that. I mean, you might as well go to the amateur point counting system. You're going to have guys like Bivol be your definition of the sport, and we, we know the sport's not going to sell that way. So but I'm, I'm saying to people, stop the nonsense and let's get real. Let's, let's, let's put yeah. Bivol on the same standard as you would anybody else. Then you have, uh, you know, Devin Haney and, and – uh... And Ryan Garcia, you know, if, if they make this fight, Ryan's really proven that, you know, he wants to take on challenges big time. Um, and this would be great for Devin Haney as a profile. You know, if you look at, you know, he had, he had some de- pretty decent gates, that's for sure. I think one right up, I think one right, I think the Linares one, if I remember correctly, got close to a million or right, right a little over it. But that Lomachenko one got, you know, was really good. And then this last one, 1.7 mil. So that gate number's really starting to get up with Haney. If he can fight Ryan Garcia, talk about a profile booster. And uh, hopefully, you know, down the line, we talk about that tank and Garcia, who knows, but that would be a big one. Bam and Estrada, uh, you know, Bam has a, a variety of options at the weight class and above, um, you know, a lot of people talking about, oh, go up to Inouye. It's like, well, we just mentioned Nakatani. <laughs> like, he doesn't have to go all the way to 122 without some quality fights, but Estrada would add that, um, you know, he's not in his prime, but it won't be the first time a young fighter, uh, you know, gets a profile boost off an older fighter. And, the, you know, he's got some tricks in his bag. Canelo Benavidez is another one that we hope gets made. Um, what will Gervonta do in 2024? Um, we know Teofimo's going to fight in February against Ortiz. What will his next fight be? Because it does sound like they're trying to do something right around uh, in New York in July or June, Puerto Rican Day Parade and stuff like that. So, you know, there was talk about Matias. There was talk about this, that. I don't know, but it does sound like he's got a fight with uh, Ortiz, uh, which is, a, you know, a pretty good fight. Um, I'm, it's, I'm happy to see him active, that's for sure, especially if he's going to fight the summer in a bigger fight. Um, that would be, you know, that would be a pretty good uh, fight. Does David Burrell get a Shishkin or Billy or, you know, somebody where he gets quality rounds? Anyway, now it seems like he's not going to go the 26. We, we, you know, just just yet. Um, maybe it's because Ramirez didn't win. I don't know. But Neri, Casimor, Casimero, a couple other fighters stand out. What will he do? He had an active year as well. Um, you know, everyone kind of expects Loma and Cambosas. They're going to fight. Most people think, unless he's just a shell of himself randomly, that Loma would win that fight. Where does Lomachenko go in his next fight? And where is his contract with top rank? Because it's got to be, unless he just re-upped, 
he can't have that many fights. Speaking of that, Stevenson. Shakur Stevenson only has one fight remaining on his top ranked fight or, you know, card. And obviously on the horizon 2024, the PBC on Amazon. Like you mentioned, where does this top rank ESPN deal? Because if they are going to get extended, let's just, you know, in theory, if they are, there's going to be talks about it this year because it doesn't have that much more on the deal left. So there is a lot of stuff. Obviously, Crawford spends two, you assume. Where does Crawford go after that if, if he does, in fact, do the same thing? Would he fight a Tim Zoo? What's Tim You know, Tim Zoo is going to fight in March. I'm starting to hear. So, um, you know, I do know that, you know, the PBC does plan to put on, uh, as far as locally, those same four fights that they have that contract at the Armory. But the way they said it this time was at least four fights. Um, it would be great if they could get some sort of summer session type vibe where they do, you know, May, June, July, August or something like that. Um, so, the, you know, it, it has an outlook out there. There are other fights to talk about, but, um, you know, if we can put some of these fights together, at least in the first, let's say, two quarters from now until July, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of fights. Obviously, we lost the Wilder-Joshua fight. Um, that would have been a big fight sometime in March or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 2024 on the horizon has potential. We'll see, uh, you know, what actually happens, though. Yeah, you know, the, the two of the things, one of the two, one of the things you're talking about, Chris, and I, I just had another one. This is this is the, the this is these are the few bones I can throw the people who the, the positivity crowd I keep talking to. Uh, the, the reason I poke fun at it a little bit is because I think that they think you should just be positive and that's going to make things better. The old positive thinking, but you, you got to look at reality and in boxing. When you look at reality, it's not being negative to point out a lot of the stuff. But are there some positives? If I had to look at two positives myself that I'd look at, like, and I, I, I've always I've liked realistic positive thinking sometimes being described as uh, with people that are good at making those kind of calls. Uh, what, what could go right? Two things in 2024 for the positive people I think could go right. One of them. I like how that. you shape that. <laughs> what could go right? <laughs> yeah. What could go right? The, the PBC deal with Amazon. Here's what can go right about that that hasn't been talked about enough. And even Tony Page mentioned this in the second part of that series, and that was talking about all the negatives. Uh, but they did touch on this. You know, Showtime's out. You know, Paramount's out. We, we, we were, you know, you and I were hopeful maybe they'd expand that and, and be, have some creative ways to keep it going, use all their platforms. It didn't happen. But with, with that out of the way now, and then PBC going over to Amazon. Here, here's what can go right. Amazon reaches, you know, Amazon Prime reaches 160 million. Okay, that's that's more than Showtime was reaching. Um, you know, that that's more reach than HBO was reaching. And like you said, you made a good point. HBO could arguably said. You could say they well they made the Canelo Glovkin one and two and they ended up out so that that's an excellent point, but again Amazon reaches 
which is more than that. Um, you know, you're you're talking about arguably now the way things have shifted. I mean, that they're bankrolled that too. Got money. Yeah, they're bankrolled by base. Not slowing Ooh. down. And, 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 you know, this, this media reporting has been a problem, but this is sometimes where it can take care of itself a little bit. I mean, you know, Bezos also owns the Washington Post. So, you know, Tank Davis is already from that area. Um, they have had articles on him. I mean, you know, it wouldn't shock you to all of a sudden see more boxing articles in the Washington Post. I mean, that's how these things tend to work. <laughs> you know, Bezos owns Amazon. Bezos owns the Washington Post. All of a sudden, boxing starts getting some mainstream media coverage in the Washington Post. So there's there's potential with the reach of this deal. You know, now what you keep harping on, Chris, I agree with is the the potential limitations we saw in the deal is well, if there's just not that many dates to it, and that's what the the negative people on this deal are saying. But there's some positive potential here too. When you got 160 million, if PBC gets a deal within a deal, so to speak, or something. I mean, what you're alluding to is would be the ideal. Like, if all of a sudden you have a toe-to-toe Tuesdays on Amazon streaming once a week with that full PBC roster getting utilized, something along those lines, and right. at least your potential reach is 160 million people. That's the kind of in thing the archive too. In the archive uh, replay, I think has a better right. chance to do better than it would on yeah. Showtime potentially. I didn't like right. how they got rid of their fights or wouldn't put it there. or you know, I think that that was kind of messed up, to be honest with you, the way they did that. Right, and you got potential. And what also helps here with the deal is, look, Amazon, Amazon Prime already has Yankee games. They already have the NFL. So it's not like boxing, like when they went – when when the zone first picked it up, it's not like you're you're going into this U.S. wasteland. I mean, this is this is a broadcaster that does NFL games, New York Yankee games. So NBA on the way too. Right. So you know that that that's good. So there 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 is that's one positive. The second positive was weird date. I can see like Stephen Espinosa, and I think he was just telling the truth, even though. You know, he's getting out of it. I don't think he was just being negative. He'd been in the business. You know, December 23rd in the afternoon, not necessarily going to classic U.S. sensibilities, but I liked how this Saudi heavyweight card went. I mean, should Wilder have, you know, been fighting Joshua? Yes. Was it a bit of a bait and switch? Yes. But there were solid fights on there. We got a lot of good, exciting knockouts outside of the B-ball sneaker. Uh, we got discounted price performances. Too. Discounted price was key to me, Chris. Thirty nine ninety five. Then they made it available where you know you could get it on the ESPN Plus. You could get it on regular cable. You didn't have to get it through the zone. I just chose to get that through regular cable. Then it's funny. I didn't catch it. I I have Directv, um, but I saw somebody else note afterward. I wish I would have caught it before the fight. But apparently Directv was then also saying you want to order, we'll give it to you for free. So all those little things do tend to add up in these exposures. The entertainment value of the card was really good. You know, even Steven Espinosa was saying that, other people, I thought it was. I, I, my personal story was I was sealed under the weather that day, as I told you. So like you said about this convenience of fights being on normally, and a lot of people were complaining, you knew what you're getting at least. So I knew, but 
you know, it was 11 to basically seven, but I knew that like, you know, that wasn't like, Oh, I'm shocked. It's going from 11 to seven. I mean, they told you that's kind of just my thought about the too much boxing on TV. Like I think if the times get defined and, and this wasn't that badly defined, you kind of knew what you were getting into, but like, we, we need to know like when co-main events and main events are starting. So like you said, when there's three events on in a day and, and we all have to live lives if you're a normal person, that at least you could target the fights you want to see. They, they can't be doing the bait and switch thing that really in a way goes back to the old wide world of sports days and sports world where they'd make you watch some obscure sport you didn't want to see waiting for your boxing. Now, then you only had to waste two hours of your day not five, like they're getting you to do now. So it's worse today, but, like, the answer to all this is, like, stop doing that to the consumer. Just say when the main event's going to be on the co-main, the minor undercard, you know. Have a couple swing bouts ready. Yeah, just but, – but tell us what each slot's going to be. And if you have to have a little delay, I think it actually then is better to have a little delay and just have these fights coming off when you say they're going to come off. So when all this content's on, then the fan can just decide, okay, out of this five hours, this is what I'm going to watch. I think you got to start making it that way. Um, but, you know, why the Saudi thing had potential, the way this card went with the discount price, and then you can argue that it's not a good business decision for them, but the Saudis have now proven they're going to come up with this money. They're going to spend it. When this card came off, that to me was like the final straw. I mean, you already had things like Fury Nagano, but when I saw this card come off, because you got guys from all different promoters. I mean, like we said, and it's the truth. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you also mentioned, somehow Frank Warren comes all out on top of it, and he's got the he connection. Came in through the back and door. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's good, and when Warren does it, what's been good is he's got that deal with Top Rank in the U.S. where they put his stuff on. So right. it pops up on some kind of ESPN Plus product at the least in the U.S., but that's good. So um, you know, I saw three commercials for it. I saw uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday watching football and basketball on ESPN. I saw three commercials, which I had never yeah, I seen mean, a commercial in a while for that stuff. Not just Saudi, but in general, uh, zone or whatever, you know. Yeah, this kind of worked out good. Now, zone got the broadcast, so it was their production team, but it – but the thing worked out pretty good. And, like, you know, if it's done this way, I mean, there might be some potential there if the Saudis are just going to keep putting out money and they're making whatever fights are the best that can be made and they don't care who the guy's promoted by. They're, they're throwing so much. I, I mean, you even got guys like Hearn, you know, PBC, everybody like, okay, they're, they're throwing this much out. Our guy's on, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, Wilder's on, Frank Sanchez is on, Joshua's on, like, you know, I mean, all, all of a sudden, all, all these guys, all these guys are out there on one card. That's the kind of thing we have not been seeing in boxing. So, you know, you, you'd, you'd rather have it maybe from a U.S. fan, fan perspective in Vegas and the U.S., but I, I can't argue with the start time. I like the earlier start times, frankly, and, and if they're going to put these fights together, so that's two things I think to look positively on. I mean, I don't think the zone just with you got to subscribe and throwing out pay-per-views that alone's going to work. But this Saudi thing, like they just did, is working, and they broadcast that. And then the Amazon with PBC reaching 160 million people. If they increase the dates 
on regular Amazon, non-pay-per-view, there still might be some potential there that, that could help boxing more than hurt. So if there's two things to look positive, the 24 and 24 that, that for, for a kind of in-the-ring thing, semi-in-the-ring in thing, I think Ronnie Shields deserves a shout-out going into 2024. Um, not enough to be the guy for 2023, but you look at what he's doing with Morrell. He's got Jamal Charlo back now with at least a win. He's backfighting. And, you know, he's got Vito Milnicki, two first-round KOs, granted against limited opposition, but still, the two fights since he's trained him. And he's got him sparring with Charlo in Texas. That's, that, to me, is a good foundation for uh, Shields. Is, uh, Shields is setting himself up for a resurgence the way he's got those guys going. Yeah, you're right. Definitely. Um, and then, so is that your prospect of the year, Tellez? I'm going with the. I'm 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 going with contrarian there. Yeah, I'm going with, I'm going with Tellez, for prospect of the year because, I liked what he showed that you know, and Andy Cruz did that too. But that Tellez performance yep. was so explosive. But but both of those two guys are, are showing what I've been saying for years. You don't need all these garbage fights against guys that are one and twenty-one. You're not learning. You don't need to build up. It's wasting all of our time. It's what hurts boxing, wastes the fans' time. These guys stepping right into these kind of fights, and, and I like to tell as just that was an exciting KO with Garcia. I mean, very, very impressive fifth fight. So I, I think he's too much under the radar there. Give, 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 him, give him prospect of the year for me in 2023. And I, who, and I always – uh, mention? Right. I always uh, do it that way when I feel like to win prospect of the year, you have to beat a real fighter and you got to turn into a contender. Sometimes that, that turns into a champion by the end of the year, but I want to see my prospect become a contender. That means a prospect of the year, not these dudes that are knocking out, you know, no hopers that look great. Just, we can list a bunch of them. Another one, in my mind, uh, Elijah Garcia, because if you look at it, coming into this year, he hadn't fought anybody on a high level, takes on Vidal, takes on Salgado, and then Resendez. To me, that's a hell of a – I mean, you put yourself in the contender range by the end of the year, but you came up undefeated. You, you really hadn't beat anybody just yet, you know. Um, he only has 16 fights. He came in a year with 13. So, to me, that's another guy that you'd have to put up there because, to me, that's prospect to contender, you know? Yeah, he's, he's definitely a contender for me already. He, he has been in that, in that division. I think people are even underrating him, you know, with his youth and the power. And he got that nice KO over Resendez this year. Um, definitely, definitely a great up-and-coming fighter like Garcia a lot. So, uh, he, he's definitely a guy worth mentioning. I think he's a – I think he's a contender already. I, I, and I just want to say, because comparisons, I saw some people throwing like Diego Pacheco out there. I don't think Diego, I'm, I am just going to say it. I don't think Diego Pacheco is on the talent level of these other guys we're mentioning. I, I am going to go out and say that. That's, that's my take on it. So um, I, don't, I don't think he's on that talent level. I, I, I mean, you know, not saying he's bad, but where do you uh, think he falls a little short of that, John? 
I, I just he hasn't impressed me that much. You know, I've seen him a lot, and um, right. I, I think that's why his step ups haven't been as high. That's my opinion too. Is that yeah, he stepped up that's some, true. but I don't think that's. I just don't think that's why his step ups have been as high. I, I just that's kind of an eye test thing that I just uh, I, I just don't feel his overall composite talent level is like the other, kind of other guys we're we're talking about. So to me he would not he would not be and I've seen him mentioned by some others, you know, to me he's not that guy. So I, I am gonna just clarify there that I, I, I don't I don't think he's it. I don't I don't I think he falls a, a bit below in talent level some of the others. And I think we will see that. I think that's gonna prove out as it goes on. I would agree with you as far as I'm a wait-and-see mode still. A lot of people are falling over uh, for him uh, face first, and I agree. And, and, you know, maybe it's just because we're a little bit more old school and we've seen these flashy guys come in. And I, and I hate to say, oh, he's a flashy guy and he just talks a bunch of trash. It's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. It's just uh, I just like to wait-and-see. You know what I mean? I'm a big wait-and-see guy because there's just – especially now how they move them. Uh, and in some ways, they, you know, with some guys, they're not afraid to move them. Um, and I'll say this, the PBC does move their guys, but they give them another chance. So sometimes I think they have stepped maybe a guy like, ooh, that, that was too much. But, you know, a year and a half later, boom, they're you know, they're in a little bit better shape. But, like, like, right, I don't know. I just think that we're starting to see more of that, and it doesn't – it's not just a decorated guy coming out where it's obvious, you know, because um, sometimes those guys can't get the big fight, but they're fighting veterans or whatever. Um, we'd wish that, you know, Morell would be able to step up more, uh, speaking of the PBC. But, um, yeah, I, I just have a – we just kind of have a different view of that a little bit, but just in general, as far as prospects of the year, I, I, I definitely like to do it that way. Any other items that you'd like to talk about, uh, you know, while, while we got you on the, for the segment here, John? I think that was about it, Chris. I think, uh, fortunately, and, and uh, great being with you as always, I think really uh, we, we were able to bounce around and I, I pretty much covered everything I wanted to cover tonight. All right. Well, you have uh, yourself a, a good weekend, good rest of the week. Like you said, Happy New Year. We'll see. Uh, you know, I saw some uh, some recent stuff, or not stuff, but just a, a video of Virgil Ortiz, uh, you know, because now he's trying out a different weight class. Um, and, you know, where he's at in his career, this guy is a mismatch, but – I get it in this sense because it's like it's very hit or miss, touch and go. I'll tell you what, his body didn't look all that good. You know, if that's a recent video and he's fighting this weekend, his body didn't look all that good. Um, So we'll see where he's going to go. He's got a lot of potential. He's a heavy hitter. He's got more skill than people think. He's not just a brawler, but, you know, with his condition – you just hope that this higher weight is the trick. Because other than that, man, I mean, 
Otherwise, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a little one. It is kind of like a wonder here. It's speaking of on the horizon. 2024 is a huge year for Ortiz, yeah, potentially. You know. Well, Chris, it's good that you mentioned him because this is one that I feel like I'm getting proven right before he's even made the comeback. I was reading just before we went on. You know, of course, he's, he's, you know, he's, back. he's got Robert Garcia's training him. And, you know, I, I've been saying during this whole Ortiz weight ordeal that yeah. w- with all this trouble he's having, what is the sense of even talking about this 154? People say 154. It's not enough of a difference for what, what the situation he's been in. And then lo and, and right. that's supposedly the comeback fight. And then lo and behold, what do I read today from his own trainer, Robert Garcia? And if he's not giving you a single signal, I mean, you've got to be crazy to, to think he's not giving you a signal. Robert Garcia says just now, I think Virgil's going to end up being a player at 160 pounds. Now, why would he say that today when the comeback's at 154? We know what's coming. He shouldn't be fighting at even 154. It's not of a, it's not enough of a difference with the weight trouble he's had, and people are silly right. when they even talked about that, saying, "Oh, he needs to be at 154, and that's the answer." Not, not with these kind of problems. A, a mere seven-pound difference. You know that, Chris. Like you said, your old wrestling stuff. Right. You know he's having that kind of trouble making the weight. Seven pounds ain't, yeah. gonna, you know, seven pounds ain't going to do it. So. Now, he's got Robert Garcia now saying this week he's going to be a player at 160. So what is this facade about the 154 coming back? Why are we even bother? I mean, you're risking more trouble with the guy. It's obvious he's not going to make that way either. And the openings there, I mean, there's nobody fighting at middleweight to traditional division 160 right now. That, that division is wide open. So It is wide you know, open. Why waste the time? Why waste further health problems with this? Even if he makes the 154 for this next fight, like you said, against a nobody, what's the point? His future's not at 154 pounds because of the weight problem. So I say move it on to 160. Let's stop the, let's stop the nonsense if he's going to continue on because with his talent level and power, things are wide open at middleweight 160. So but to see his own trainer, Robert Garcia, say that this week, I thought, well, he's giving you the indicator right there that this 154 is not going to be the answer. Yeah, so you might want to check that. But when I saw Robert Garcia said it, I mean, he's saying it before the fight, I'm like, come on, guys. I mean, this this 154 thing is just not a good idea. Stop pushing it. You know, get get him get him where he really can be comfortable and uh, have reasonable chance of making the weight and, and feeling healthy and strong at it and not having these problems, and that's that's going to be middleweight. So so we'll see. I mean, we'll see what he weighs in at for this, this upcoming fight against the no-hoper, but uh, his future's not at 154 pounds. Yeah, because in so many ways, you can't miss as far as watching him, you know? You can't miss either. Yeah. The guy is fun to watch. He's got power. He's, you know... Got a lot of potential, man. And uh, it would just, you know, it'd be a shame if his career is messed up over this. But, yeah, he just didn't look good. Didn't look good at all. And it's like, if that's the stuff they're putting out, there's 
probably worst looking days. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I don't know. That, that's interesting that I just said that. I'm gonna have to look into that. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, uh, you take it easy, and we'll talk next week. All right, Chris. Good talking to you as always. Sounds good. Have a good one. Take care. All right. So, you know, the prospects of the year, like I said, I think Andy Cruz, because of that win, you know, in his first fight like that, that is pretty, that is pretty damn good. Um, you know, Abdullah, like the traditional, the traditional, I would give it to Abdullah Mason if we're going traditional. Young fighter, haven't really, you know, uh, been tested yet. He's a prospect, right? I get it. So I, I, if we're going that style, I would go Abdullah Mason. That's what I would go with. Um, other names, you know, Floyd Schofield. I said Andy Cruz. Um, someone messaged me, Bruce Carrington. Um, Adam Azim. Uh, that's another one. Um, there, there's several. There's definitely several. I mean, um, so I got another message. Nick Ball, that's a good one. Um, Shiraz, the what is it, Hamza or something like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, there, there is. I like the Taez one too because that that just kind of falls in there uh, for for in my opinion. You know, I think that is a good one. Um, I also think, let me see, there's a Mercado. That's who I was trying to think of. Mercado is a guy that, Ernesto Mercado, um, you know, the Lundy, whatever, Vias, and then Nakathila. And he, he took care of him, too. Like, it wasn't even, you know. But, yeah, as far as uh, – um, you know, Yoannis Taez, he had a damn good year too, you know, um, for a prospect. You know, he hadn't fought anybody this summer, takes out Garcia, then then beat Nirvana, Nirvana, Nirparo. That wouldn't be that big of a fight. But, um, you know, for me though, so any of those do work. I got Elijah Garcia only because, you know, an unbeaten prospect, uh, Vidal Jr. You know, obviously he he was he was over him. That was that was good. But he he was in a really competitive, real deal fight against Delgado, and and then followed it up with Resendez. You know, and that by the way, um, before the stoppage, was a was a very good fight. And those are real deals, real dudes. So, um, you know. That that's mine. Elijah Garcia is my prospect of the of the year, um, and I know you know, but yeah, prospect of the year. And if you go the the other route with you know the vast majority of people do it, I would say Abdullah. That that's who I would go with. Um, I think the the Kurbanos or Kurbanov Soro fight. I, I personally I would think that I personally think that's the robbery robbery of the year. I got Showtime for the network. Um, I mentioned how DeZone closed really, really well. Um, and ESPN was just consistent. I'd say they probably, they had a better year than DeZone because they were consistent throughout the year. 
not just ESPN, you know, but the ESPN Plus app where you can see the, the stuff happening in the States and overseas to, to deliver some of those fights. I mean, we got NUA Fulton, we get NUA fights. Like, they, they are delivering with that app. You know, I've always said it's been great. You know, originally they wouldn't allow, like, the yeah, ESPN Plus, you couldn't get the ESPN fight. That was originally. That's changed for quite some time now. And so that ups the value. Okay, now you don't have to have cable TV if you don't want to. You can just have ESPN Plus and get all their fights in the overseas stuff. Um, and then, I, you know, I mentioned uh, Pro Box. And with that Amazon stuff, um, not only do they have the, the Thursday night um, NFL that's doing good, and they're, they are, I'm pretty sure, what was it, a billion? They paid a billion a year for that. They are in negotiations for even, I think that's a, like an eight- or ten-year deal. They're in negotiations, from my understanding and my research, that it's even going to be longer with the NBA. And whether that's a Thursday night, like, you know, Thursday night TNT, that's been a big thing, um, you know, for the NBA, um, or Tuesday. They may go Tuesday with that. Um, and so they can run it when football's going as well. Either way, it's going to happen. They're in negotiations, but it's just a matter of time till it gets announced. Um, the NBA has a, 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 a new deal coming in general. There are going to be more NBC. Uh, NBC is back in the fold. It does sound like they're going to try to get more playoff games on regular television, which would be, you know, which would obviously be NBC, not just, not just ABC. Um, and that would help their ratings in general. It always does, at least, you know, for now. See, you know, but yeah, in general. I mean, ESPN's not, uh, the ratings aren't necessarily going up, just in general, you know. Um, the NBA had a good season last year, had a good playoff run. Um, you know, they, they had some interesting ratings with the uh, the tourney, the in-season tourney. There is a mixture of, like, OKC, um, Minnesota, there, there's there's a mixture of young teams ready to take the next step and still those vets that, that are the names, right? It's like an A-side and a B-side. And I just talked about, you know, Bam and Estrada. Well, that's what, you know, that's what that can be uh, for some of these young, you know, young teams to beat still the Golden States and the, and the, and the Lakers and whatnot, whatever, the Suns. So if, in fact, what we're talking about with John, they can, on a, a Tuesday night, on a Thursday night, and there's a Saturday fight, or a Friday, who knows, um, I'm assuming Saturday, if they can be advertised and market there, that can make a difference, because we did see that with the Fox deal. We did see how they were, that advertising did help, you know, like even even especially the first wave of pay-per-views, right? Now, I'm not talking about the uh, Thurman Barrios, some of the the ones they owe. They had four of them. We talked with Jake Donovan on the show. Got to get him back on here soon uh, now that I think about it. But, you know, they owed them in part of that deal. It was four a year. 
and they owed those. So that's why some of them are just eh, whatever, right? <laughs> um, and so, you know, that, but they, that, that marketing on there did help because most people wouldn't have thought some of those numbers that made it over 300,000 was, was actually going to happen. Um, and we see how hard it is over and over just to hit 200,000. Uh, even if they're quality ass fights, it's just tough. It's tough to break it. It's tough to get to that 200 something mark. If you can do 200, 250, 300, somewhere in between 200 and 300,000, you're probably going to be on paper. Um, and that'll be interesting to see, like Devin, or not just Devin Haney, but uh, Dazone. You know, that'll be really interesting to see, you know, if they go with the Devin Haney fight, is that going to be in Saudi? Uh, a Devin Haney fight. Like, if, if to make the, re- I'm not talking about Ryan Garcia, to make the pro-grade fight, the Haney pro-grade fight, the money they had to pay him to be on pay-per-view, you know, that, that's not going to last that long if you can't break over 200000 And that doesn't sound like a, a lot, but, you know, the price is higher the, the, with these apps and just in general. The split's higher now, a better percentage anyway towards the, uh, the boxing side. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Well, we'll see. But, yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. And, and obviously, if BBC got a different deal, and it would be with some sort of television network, I, I don't know. You know, that, I'm not sure if that's actually going to happen. Or maybe it is an app. You know, maybe, uh, who the fuck knows? I just know that in order to fulfill that roster, if they only have 12 to 14 Amazon dates, they would have to really stack those cards. And, hey, I'm all for it, right? But I just – I don't know if that's going to be – and, you know, we're going we're gonna to find out. And here we are, January 2nd. Happy New Year, everybody. But here we are. They're talking about their March kickoff, you know, whether it's early in the month. There's – I think they got it down to two dates now uh, as far as the Vegas kickoff. Um, But we're going to find out. We're going to find out what they have in store. Um, I just know the fights that they had already had signed that I'm very interested in. And I'm assuming they will be part of the rollout with the PBC. But, you know, is it just going to be the Amazon? If that's the case, then I think we'll see more PBC fighters even even more on different platforms, whether they place them there or whether they move on or whatever. A lot of these later in the year fights, they were placed there. Um, a lot of people talk about this mass exodus. They've been talking about a PBC mass exodus since it started. Uh, but it would have to be like unless they just you know had eight you know eight six I don't know four to six big fights. On each card, I don't know how they'd be able to keep their, you know, the 150 fighters, right? Because they even said it in the in the Amazon Prime. Now it's not over 200 what it used to be. I suppose nobody really has the biggest rosters they used to have a few years ago. But um, like I said, I will never doubt Al Heyman. 
when it comes to this stuff. A lot of people will uh, have been, you know, have been digging in his grave for a long, long time. And he's just got that awkward look on his face because, you know, he's an awkward-looking fella. But he's just like, you know, I, I, to me, I just, I, I don't doubt him. I don't know why you would doubt him. A lot of people like to say, well, you know, he had, uh, he's gone through eight networks, and that's all dumb shit, if we're being honest, because those time buys weren't the traditional deal. You could individually look at the spike deal, and some of those technically were, um, you know, spike would pay a fee. Some of those are time buys. And I remember that third year, it was a neg- the deal was a three-year deal, but the third year was a negotiation. They, they couldn't come to terms. But it goes all the way back to that, that in-depth um, sports business, the best, the best PBC, especially with the launch um, article, the best in-depth article that, in my mind that there's been on the PBC. Um, now, Fred did a recent article about the Showtime and Amazon and this and that and the other and Paramount and all that. And he, yeah, that was really in-depth, and, and he went in-depth to the to it. You know, that was awesome. Um, but that one had quotes from people inside the actual PBC and not just Tim Smith. And that is very difficult to get in a sense. And, you know, and that's who they – they had the person that was from the, you know, investors that went for a year and, you know, was kind of just overseeing stuff with, with who they had working and, and just all that stuff. Like, the goal was to get a deal. So he was going to get his product in front of many different networks, and it did land a Fox deal. So when you say, oh, he, he ran through all these – you know, we, as if all these were shows like NBC. Yeah, they had some afternoon NBC shows. That was dope. They had the uh, the Versus and the NBC Sports Network. They had some of those main events. Main events, some of those were good fights, right? We got a Fury and Cunningham or whatever, right? We got some good fights. But a lot of them were like Gabe Rosado, uh, some, you know, Ch- Kovalev was on those. Some of them, a lot of them were to get them back. It was like a platform to get them back on HBO after a loss, which I'm not ripping, but let's not act like – I just mentioned that True TV deal that Top Rank had. They had a deal with Versus, too. So, like, they weren't – it wasn't like the networks were just asking for, asking for a, you know, boxing, clearly, because he had to do a goddamn time buy. You know what I mean? Time buys plural. So that's what that was. So a lot of people will say, oh, eight different networks. You know, and, and a lot of people criticize them. And some of this is rightfully so because it was on so many channels. And it was hard to follow sometimes. But then they shrunk it down to just Showtime and Fox. And then it was like, oh, look, all these deals are going out. Well, what? hold on. I thought you said it was on too many goddamn networks. You had bounce. You had... CBS Afternoons, you had NBC, you had this, you had that, Spike, right? CBS had a couple of them, Afternoons, Saturday and Sundays. Um, and then obviously CBS had those two big fights in primetime. But it 
it's just funny that people use that. That's that's what's fucked up. Just admit it, dude. They, he was trying to get a deal. He got a deal. The Fox deal didn't work out. COVID had a lot to do with that, if we're being honest. I know I'm going to get messages saying, oh, you're just – no, I'm, I'm looking at fucking facts. That's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at I'm going to down this or down that. Like I said, I still have – now, did the zone, you know – did the zone raise their fucking prices way too much this year or the last year? Fuck yeah. 20, 20, 25 bucks? Who the, what app is $25? I mean, that's just being honest. Um, I know there's darts and what, women's uh, soccer and stuff like that on there. Um, so, you know, I, it's not about shading to one side or other, but. The way Steve Kim and a variety of folks in that realm that were known for quite some time and had a nice following and all that, media members, the way they discussed Al Heyman and the way they would talk about his, not even a full exit from music, but his exit from music was like, it's just degenerate the way they would speak of that. Like he got ran out of the business. And if you know a thing or two about Live Nation, you would know damn well, first of all, he's not even, he wasn't even out of the business fully, but he sold his fucking company. Okay, so that, and they they were still doing, to this day he probably does it. I mean, we heard Drake a couple years ago, you know. And also, shit, look at McGregor. McGregor took an Al Heyman meeting. All of a sudden, he's getting real upfront money. Um, so this whole thing of bashing, a lot of it's race, a lot a lot of it's that. But a lot of it's also the old guard. You know, he flipped the fucking model, dude. He pays a fee to the promoter. Now, it helped. Look at Samson. Look at some of these. Debella early on. It helped their fighters. Ask Rosario if it helped his life. And I'm not saying, oh, Al helped their life. I'm not just saying that, but, like, if you work with them as a promoter, you're going to get a fee, right? You're going to promote the show. But you get your guys on the card. And they become, a lot of times, strong B-sides. Some of them, organically, that's why I brought up Rosario, all of a sudden, bam, they're in a big spot. Like, they, like I said, the old guard didn't like him for obvious reasons. And that's just, not just promoter, management too. We know uh, technically you can charge 33%. Is it 33.3? I can't remember what it is. But it's over 30% you, can, you could get away with. Al dropped that shit down. So not only did he change the manager game, but he changed the promotional game. So to sit there and Say you gave you know give a shit about the fighters and all that. It just I don't know. Dude. It's just so obvious when you're when you have a narrative. Just fucking say the shit. I mean when they when PBC came back on Fox uh, with a smaller budget, I wrote an article about it. I think I named it uh, PBC Fox Main Events. Where's the beef? You got to be a little older to get that. Where's the beef uh, reference? But, you know, I talked about a variety of stuff. I didn't dump on them. I was just saying, hey, shit's changed, obviously. The FS1 cards went away. 
you know, the, the promotional, uh, the shoulder program, the show, that went away. The shit got fucking weird. And a lot of it had to do with COVID. They had other obligations, right? Look at where the WWE is now. Like, so, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where this goes. Um, but I am, I'm a boxing fan. I'm a part-time media member. Do it for fucking Twitter likes and fucking engagement. I'm not going to sit there and try to engage all fucking day. Cause it's so easy to, to say some just wild shit and get engagement. You know what I mean? And I, I just don't want to do that. I just, that's not what I'm about. And fuck that. So if you got a problem with it, oh, well. You know what I'm saying? But um, we'll see. Just like top rank, you know. Do I want one? I've said it all fucking year. Do I want one entity to to buy, to, you know, PBC, top rank, blah, blah? Yeah, fuck yeah. That'd be great. That would be phenomenal. No, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. You know, could we see top rank go to maybe Amazon? It starts popping off. Maybe they go to Amazon. Maybe who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? You know what I mean? Not going to act like I know, but um, we'll see. But, yeah, Frederick Lawson is who Virgil is fighting. He has, I think, three losses knocked out in all of them. Um, I know, I think, or he at least fought, I think his last one was Charles Hadley. I know he fought last year at least once, if not twice. Yeah, it was twice. Charles Hatley knocked him out. Juan Ruiz knocked him out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully he's okay. By the way, that O'Hara Davies and uh, Ismail Barrasso fight is on that card. Uh, Barboza kind of, uh, you know, trying to get a nice little win and, and trying to get, uh, you know, a, a, a big fight later. Actually, the dude he's fighting just lost to Ernesto Mercado, the, the, the guy who you could easily make prospect of the year, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, it's I'm going to watch it. You know, there's not too many equally uh, matched fights on the card, per se. Um, Davies is about a plus 350 over Barroso. Um, but then we start to get into some interesting fights. Um, yeah, actually someone just, they make a good point. When the PVC doesn't have their schedule out, all of a sudden people get bummed out about boxing. Um, because the schedule, uh, that's a good point. So Spence, Errol Spence says, I'm back. He just, uh, posted this and he's back. So I think. I think we're going to start to get some announcements or fights because if you look at it, if they're going to kick off in March um, and it's obviously on a new platform, I wouldn't doubt if there's a big fight announced and then like a mini schedule for a couple couple months. I don't, I don't know. I don't exactly know how it's going to go down. But if you look at it, you know, this weekend, you know, one, two, three, obviously February – a shorter month, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, we're getting close is my point. You know, two, two and a half months. You know, if Gervonta and Spence are going to fight, we got to, you know, they got to sell the tickets here soon. Uh, usually they, it'll be like at the eight to ten 
week mark if it's huge, huge fight. Maybe you can wait till the seven weeks or whatever. <clears throat> that that could happen. Um, but yeah, that's about it for the uh, for the show as far as the the great, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, some other new stuff. This boxing scene. <clears throat> Record number of retired boxer received pension payments from California after investigation. This is John Nash. California State Athletic Commission had a doled out 33 checks last year for a total of 531,000, uh, the most since the commission began distributing monies, monies uh, from the, the, the pension. So once again, a California professional boxers pension plan in 1999, okay, it says it right here. If you're listening, you're a boxer, California, Check it out. Um, worst fight of the year. Oh, this is a good one. Um, obviously, Stevenson, uh, Santos, Wilder Parker, Bibble, Francis. Yeah, Hitchens, the potty. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Oh, Pro Grands. Oh, yeah. Zoria, I forgot about that fight. I think I blocked that out of my mind. Yeah, that one was a bad one. <laughs> that one was a bad one. Oh, Steve Spark, Gabriel Valenzuela. That's a good one. Also, I, I forgot to mention this. I'm glad that you guys thought. I, I just realized I looked at my robbery page, and I forgot um, uh, Felix Alvarado and Angel Ayala. That one, that's a good one. That's a good one for robbery of the year. Same with the other one that was named. Um, Fight Odyssey says, would you consider Ernesto Mercada a prospect, or is he a rising contender? Yeah, I, I think he's now a contender. Um, and by the way, you know, Cameron Duncan did pass. Um, Mark Ortega said there's a lot that can be said about Cameron Duncan, but one thing you can't uh, be denied is he has a real eye for boxing talent. And Ludabella said fact. Um, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm not going to treat it like Henry Kissinger. But um, it is what it is. There's a, a couple different reports I mentioned earlier. Uh, Boots Ennis and Mario Barrios. They're, it looks like they're gonna they're gonna fight or they're they're in negotiations. Here's that um, uh, that that pro box card or fight. Uh, Mike Planilla, Angelo Leo. That's uh, January 31st. You know, it's in that in Florida. I think it's uh, Plant City, I believe it is. Um, now, I haven't gotten any updates on Anaguchi, um, but he, you know, from the last time last I heard that he, he remained unconscious um, from the New Year's Day fight. So definitely thoughts go out um, to them or to him, I should say. Um, Boxer at Gray, shouts out to him, talking about the new guidelines for transgender athletes in the U.S., dying at the replies, this is from the replies from the first tweet about it, wait until you, you geniuses who follow U.S. amateur boxing find out that boys and girls are allowed to fight each other in the eight-year-old division. Uh, this is stricter than the IOC policy, by the way. Um, have to laugh, this is Joe O'Neill, have to laugh at people being convinced that 
unsuccessful male boxers are going to undergo major surgery and pay four years of hormone testing so they can eventually enter the, the local gold gloves. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. Okay? I'm not in favor of the transgender folks going into women's boxing. You know? I'm not. Now, there's a reason why they can't have their own division, because guess what? There's not enough. But saying a man, that's why I keep using that, because it's such a big story. But I'm trying to give you an example that is actually true, is that Yale swimmer, right? Going back to that, like, it's not just, hey, I identify, I'm in. That's not what the fucking rules say. I mean... You have to have fucking surgery, dude. So are you ready to have fucking surgery? And I'm not saying dude like I'm trying to disrespect transgender folks. I'm saying dude like, hey, guys, wake the fuck up. Listen, so some guy is going to, some male boxer is going to be a a failed boxer, right? And whatever that means, right? Because, I mean, most boxers don't make it. So then they can just be like, well, I actually identify as a woman now, so I'm going to go fight women. That's not how it is, dude. Now, you know, on the professional level, could it turn into that? I'm not, I don't know all that stuff. But what I do know is, you got it. This is not just I feel like doing this, so I'm going to do it. It's a process, dude. And I don't think that these guys are going to, just so they can make some big money, um, which who's making big money as women boxers again? Not not too many of them. But either way, I just I don't think it's all that realistic that it's going to be infiltrated on this huge scale because, like I said, there's so it's so minor the amount of. I'm sure there's a lot of there's folks. The percentage would be higher if it was more affordable to go through all the process which is not, right? But there's not a, a, a ton of people transitioning. There just isn't. Like, you know, compared to the population of our country. So, like I mentioned, I read not long ago, I think there's 3,000 teenagers transitioning, like under 18 or 18 and under, like in high school. Um, now, you could be against that, you for that, whatever the fuck you want to be, but that's not a lot of fucking, there's millions of students, so everybody calm down, the teachers aren't turning everyone gay, and you know, let's not do that, let's not go that over-the-top bullshit, knee-jerk, if you're, if you have, you can have your own opinion, some of it's ignorant as fuck, some of it's just downright, you know, well, I'm just going to stop, anyway, um, Michaela said, hormone therapy is banned. By default, this should make trans athletes ineligible, period. doesn't matter how you feel about the situation. Fact is, it's illegal, uh, completely disrupts the even level playing field uh, that sport works so hard to create. I mean, I don't know if they work that hard to create the even level. If you look at the mismatches in, in the, uh, you know, the, the, the drug stuff. HGH and stuff like that, but I see what you're saying. And, you know, you can talk bone density. There's a lot of stuff 
I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it in women's swimming, like I mentioned with the Yale person. I, I don't want to see it in boxing, but let's let's keep it all in perspective. Dan Raphael says, today is the first day since January 22nd, 1973, nearly 51 years ago. It, it is now um, coming on anyway. Um, that boxing is no longer part of the programming on HBO or show. That is true. Um, Paul Magno says, I used to be, oh, it used to be that boxing media people would simply refrain from saying unpopular things. Now they don't even think that critical thought and non-compliance has been bred out of the media ranks entirely. So when the fans wonder why they don't get the boxing product, then, yeah, I mean, Point. Josh Taylor, Sky Sports, He's talking about he wants a rematch with Tia Fimo. I wasn't good enough on that night. That's all, but I do firmly believe me at my best. I win that fight all day. I'd love to correct a wrong and box him again. Um, when he's at his, when he says all day, you know, I mean, not all day, you know, not all day. Oh, uh, boxing journals. This is. From that tweet, Jorge Castan or Castiana or what is it? Uh, Orlando Gonzalez. Did I mention that one, Jorge Castanada? Uh, that was in November. That was a damn good fight. Someone mentioned that. This is Adrian Delgado. Interesting to see how Virgil Ortiz looks at 154. Believe the bouts at 156. Hopefully, he didn't lose much physically the last few camps. You know, attempting to make 147. Dio is still young and has a chance to make some noise again. You know, he says that 54 with a good match is weight, stronger or refresh. We'll see. It might be 160, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Andy Cruz. This is uh, speaking of whom you know some people think is the prospect of the year. This is Jake Donovan, my boxing scene story. Uh, you know, talking about um, the full complaint filed by Andy Cruz alleging new champion promotions who delivered Cruz to Matchroom is in breach of contract in violation of the Ali Act. Matchroom named in the complaint the only ID as a co-promoter not, um, you know, accusing of wrongdoing. Uh, there's also Bloody, uh, Bloody Elbow. This is uh, Air J. Um, lawsuit claims MTK user used Boxer's bank account to laundry drug money for the Kinahan cartel. So we'll see. We'll see how that comes out because I remember Al Dawson talking about that too. Like, it's coming down the pipe. It's definitely coming down the pipe. So we'll see how, where that goes. Um... Oh, Pacquiao is talking about that, not com- not confirmed, but Pacquiao is talking about he's going to fight Mayweather in the exhibition. Oh, by the way, um, Ioka did, what was it, three knockdowns? Beautiful right hand. I think it was a counter. Um, but, yeah, so I think a seventh-round victory. I did, I did forget to mention that. IFL TV, Eddie. Kern has revealed that Anthony Joshua's next fight is now being planned for March in Saudi Arabia. Arabia. <laughs> and uh, 
Hergovic, Zhang, and Nganu. That's the three they're looking at. I'm assuming it'll be Hergovic, but who knows? Maybe not, maybe, you know. Who the fuck knows? All right, I think I'm going to get out of here, folks. Um, I think that's about it. I don't think I have uh, anything else to talk about. All right, well, that's it. 2023 is gone. It's done. It's over. Here's to New Year's. Here's to Boxing New Year's. Here's to you as a person having a great 2024. Uh, shit, I'll tell you what. Being up north here, up north here in Minnesota, the fucking weather's been phenomenal. That uh, El Nino slashed the hottest year on record. It's, uh, it's really paying off, I got to admit. Now there's only two months of, like, super cold weather. We haven't even had much cold weather, so. Uh, mixed emotions on that, obviously. But uh, up here in Minnesota, we're ready for climate change because that's exactly, that describes the state, climate change, all over the fucking place. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the rest of the week. Like I said, happy fucking New Year. Um, hopefully 2024 brings everybody joy. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand.